Ladies and gentlemen, Legionnaires, welcome to this Your Legion of Myth live stream, episode 198 on this beautiful day, 26 January 2019. Now, normally you'd be hearing the dulcet tones of Alex Garthon Mosh, along with me, Brett Heathendog Gersmer, but today is a very special day. Garthon is still gone. He's uh, dealing with a family business in uh, Argentina. But uh, with us today, we have... You have the whiny voice of Max Liao. There you Yay. go. Whiny voice of Max Liao. <laughs> That's exactly what we're going for. And say hello. You're on You're on camera. It's not oh, candid, but it's something. All well, right. hello, Legionnaires. This is Max Liao, and I'm happy to be here. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to let Heathen Dog uh, I'm gonna save up my energy for save my it. segment because i got <laughs> okay. a lot to do today. Yes, you do. Yours is long. Uh, but before we get to his segment, we're going to go with mine. Heathen Dog's Heathen Dog RPG Fundamentals. And today we're continuing our dive into champion six edition with vehicle construction now uh, we did base construction and character generation uh before uh, we had two segments on character generation a segment on base and today is going to be vehicle and if uh, max wants to if you're watching this on youtube you'll see the uh, link above me you can click to watch those at your leisure huh. You just like to give me more work to do. Yes, I do. And then, I watch and then, this and I write a little note down saying, don't forget to add a link or card or whatever it's called. And then I forget. And then I get a little email saying, you didn't put my link in there. <laughs> you suck. You're a horrible producer. I am. <laughs> and then after my wonderful segment, which is definitely going to have a card above it, uh, we have Max Liao's Celestial Wisdom. <laughs> and he's going to talk about a game he's going to start playing in the next, what, couple weeks? Uh, probably around March 1st. Oh, March 1st? Okay. Ish. Mutant Year Zero. Uh, from what he tells me, it's a mixture of Cthulhu and what? Uh, I liked, uh, I liken it between uh, Mad Max meets The Walking Dead meets Call of Cthulhu. All right. And that seems like an eclectic mix. And we're going <laughs> gonna to see how that goes. And then after that, we're going to talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 2. What is the Red Angel? Well, if you... If you watch any of uh, Minor Garthon's streams, you probably already know. If you read Reddit, you probably already know. But if you didn't, I'm going to tell you. And then afterward, uh, Max Liao is going to talk about himself or something. I don't know. That's the most important thing in this episode. Me. <laughs> and you're done. Is that, is that mute button on No, you? no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. This is our uh, information segment, uh, all of our advertisements. Don't breeze out on this. This is important because we like to thank everyone responsible. And you can see those people right now. All of our Twitch subscribers, well, not all of them, but all of them for the month of January. There you go. Thank you very much for helping us out. We really appreciate it. And, of course, all of our donors, Baldahar, uh, Zonextrum, a.k.a. Zon. And uh, I have a special shout-out from Elgarian for Ooh. a uh, T-Branch227 uh, Twitch handle, uh, Tatiana from uh, Shroud of the Avatars, for Shroud name. Uh, she donated 30 amazing prizes last night on the stream. And it, it's a, it's a uh, money value of about 100 bucks, you know, at or around $100. So we want to thank you very much for that. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's, it just it allows him to give out more in his stream. And he loves doing that. He loves giving to folk. Well, well, Algarian thanks you. Maxi, I'll prefer cash. Just saying. Noted. All right. Now, uh, <laughs> speaking of cash <laughs> and what Max Leal wants, these are all our goals that are, uh, that are for the upcoming year. Uh, Twitch follower, subscriber. Now, the, the cool thing is that if we reach one of these goals and sustain it for a few months, 
those people get their own giveaway. Substantial giveaway. Now, if we hit all four, that is the most substantial giveaway. It's going to be over at least $1,000, most likely over $1,000 worth of prizes going to be given out to everybody across all platforms is going to be in on this. It's going to be great. So tell your friends, follow, subscribe, uh, go to our YouTube channel, hit that one up. Help us reach these goals. It'll you know, I know, I, I know we have time, but I'm actually researching what <laughs> what interesting items I can uh, either purchase or procure and so forth for uh, for some of these prizes because we don't want it just all to be like, oh look, it's another Steam game. Yeah, yeah, uh, we want we want cooler stuff, we want awesome stuff. We want posters and plushies and paintings of dogs. If you have ideas, poker. especially where to get them for free, hey, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you could tell us all that. By joining us on Discord or following us on Twitter, you'll be able to tell us exactly what you think a good prize is for an outstanding blowout time for all platforms. That'd be cool. Baldahar, look at that. Help us reach his goal by pushing buttons. He's just subscribed again 14 months in a row. Thank you very Woo much, Baldahar. Outstanding. Got the, look at that. He's got that little gold symbol on there. Yes, he does. Or I guess it's orange. Yeah. The claw. I made it, and I don't even know what color it is. Color is. You suck so bad. All right, <laughs> and of do. course, uh, if you don't want to subscribe like Baldahar, you can go ahead and buy some swag, or subscribe to Patreon. But I like you to buy a T-shirt because it's fun, and they're high-quality T-shirts. Baldahar, Baldahar thinks that's funny. It's not funny. It's high-quality T-shirt. Get yourself one. Get your mom one. Get your get your daughter one. It's good for you. There you go. We have men's and women's we styles. We do. We do. And to let you know that every month we have a subscriber and follower giveaway. Uh, we already had one for January. Sorry, you may have missed it. But uh, in February, we're going to have another one. And for every five subscriber entries, print them on Duluth shirts. And Okay. Uh, for every five subscriber entries into the giveaway, I will give away one $25 Amazon gift card. Five gets one. Ten gets two. Fifteen gets three. I may even go to 20 equals four. I don't know. I don't know. And of course, wow. uh, we have subscriber and follower giveaways during the same time. Anyone can join. And uh, for every 10 people into that one, I'm giving away a game. And before we've given away RPG books, both PDF and physical and video games and uh, you know, swag, stuff like that. And we want you to remember Gen Con 2020. It's gonna be sometime in January is going to be the uh, ticket registration sign up. So save your ducats. It's a vacation. Vacations always cost more than you think. Save up for it. We want to see you there. The Legion's going to be there. We want you to be there too. And of course, this is our streaming schedule. As you can see, Algarian dominates it because, you know, he streams <laughs> 85 hours a week or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah. And you, you can see... And uh, he still doesn't get paid. It's I awesome. Know. It's, 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 it's weird how that works. <laughs> and of course, uh, we have uh, two streams of Star Trek Online and this war of mine that uh, I do and Garthon and I. Uh, do the Star Trek, Star Trek Online. But lately, Algarian's been jumping on that, too. So that's good. Hey, hey Algarian's the Dominator. That's right, the Dominator. <laughs> He's the Dominator. All right, and of course, Max Liao, who you know, you're looking at right now, uh, he's uh, he streams on YouTube because Algarian took all the Twitch times. And yeah. Yeah, he streams he Monday. He kicked me. I own Legion Myth. He kicked me he off kicked, Twitch. kicked you off Twitch. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, he streams uh, 12 to 2 p.m. Central on Mondays. And uh, this is the Angry Schlow Show, so this is not family-friendly like this stream. No, it's not family-friendly. We're talking about topics that are not for the younger viewers, for the older, more discerning gentlemen and gentlewomen who have a thick skin. So, yes. there, there's that. 
That's all I got to say is just yes. Yes. You want more family friendly? Well, then you got Elgarian for you. And since he's streaming all the time, well, there you and go. And you have this show. Yeah, this show. You and Garth yeah, on our family. We're Everybody's family friendly except, except for me when except, I'm by myself. Except Shlo. There you go. But uh, the cool thing about Elgarian, unlike Shlo, is he gives away stuff. He gives away in-game stuff every stream. <laughs> I'm a loser. You are. And, of course, he, he does... Uh, uh, handle a couple websites uh, the legion of myth.com he handles that one he also handles uh, rpota.com and sodahelp.org two of the best uh websites for shroud the avatar one for role playing in it and one for just general information you're new to the game go to sodahelp.org it'll help you out it's in the name crying out loud <laughs> it's easy this is our rating system. That should system. be a slogan. It's in the name. It's oh, in the name. Wait, that's taken. <laughs> that's Dang right. It. Yeah, this is our rating system. We're not going to use it today because there's no anime. But uh, as you can see, uh, between two and three, you're doing okay. Above that, you're doing great. Below that, you're in bad territory. I can't recommend it, and neither can anyone else. That's how we do it here. Five-star system. Live it, uh, learn our it. Our opinions Love. are more important than other people's opinions. True fact. All right. Fact. Oh, oh, now we got the disclaimer. <clears throat> you ready? Yes, sir. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. That was good, right? Oh, it's perfect. Oh, beautiful. All right, good. And here we are. If you are a fan of anime, tabletop gaming, or both, don't miss an episode of Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma. Every week I alternate between anime reviews and tabletop gaming fundamentals. This week's tabletop gaming. Watch live and chat with me every Saturday, normally at 8 p.m. Central Time, to share your thoughts and recommendations with me. And today we're doing... He loves it when you say Dragon Pilot is the best. Somebody posted that. Somebody posted that. And you're muted. You're muted. Sorry. What? I can't... What? I can't, I can't hear you. What is that? Anyway, uh, today we're doing Champions 6th Edition. This is the Champions Complete Book. It gives all the, all the rules and all for, the, for creating a superhero campaign. Now, uh, you're going to see above, a, above me in a title card that, bam, you can <laughs> see I gave him more work. And you can't even yell about it because I muted him. <laughs> you're going to see uh, the character generation, two episodes of that, base generation. Today, we're doing vehicle generation. Now... Before we get into that, let's get into to the particulars of this game. And uh, it came out in 1981. That was when the first edition came out. It's gone through several iterations since then to the current iteration, 2010. And they apparently plateaued. They thought, nope, we're done. Oh, you're not muted anymore, by the way. We're, we're done. Sixth edition, perfect. Okay. Publisher's Hero Games, obviously. <laughs> The price, now the PDF is $20. You can get a soft cover black and white version of the book, physical copy, and a PDF for $40. All of this from DriveThruRPG. Or you can get the color hardcover edition, gently used, for $34.95 on eBay. How per gently? It had a couple of scratches, no actual binder damage. So it was pretty good. It was, it was what, pretty what, So do you get anything else interesting with that uh, PDF? Uh, no, no. What I would like them to them to do, and they used to in second, third, and fourth edition. If you you bought the actual book, you you got uh, you got the character generation software. Now you have to buy that separately. Well, this already makes my segment better than yours. All right, go on. Oh, great. All right, <laughs> carry on then. 
Okay, now I'm going to go to the backstory again in case you didn't see the, uh, the uh, base generation. Uh, this is all about an alien. His name is Mazon of Helios 4. He's an interstellar cartographer and surveyor. He was heading to the farthest reaches of his species' known space. He wasn't coming here. He was just basically flying by. He, uh, his, his people consider Earthlings like, you know, a flyover state. You know, like, there's no reason to stop there. It's just on the way to other places that matter. Well, he hit a bit of trouble. Um, he had an explosion, a couple explosions, and he had to crash land. He had to crash land on Earth. Fly over now, jerk. Yeah, well, now he's crashed into. Welcome to Planet Nebraska. There you go. That's exactly, and it's exactly what he found because he he woke up, he assesses the damage. His FTL and his communications, his hyperlight communications, destroyed beyond repair. I mean, this thing, it's just a pile of ash, basically. Severe hull damage and severe power system damage. Uh, He brings the sensors online. They still work, thank goodness. And he sees that the, the populace is tech level two. This is like stone tools. Oh, great. Tech level 2 out of 10, by the way. So, not great. So he decided he needed to give the populace some time to build up their technology so he has enough to repair his ship. Because he's not going to go from stone to quantum microcircuitry in his lifetime. So he put himself in in suspended animation. Now, he gets woken up. 195,000 years later, the power systems are dangerously low. The, the ship woke him up because if he didn't wake up now, he may not have enough power for the, for the uh, unfreeze process later on. And the dominant life form is now at tech level 4 out of 10, which is close. He needs 6, but there are pockets... So, so he was around for the, for the end of Battlestar Galactica. He actually mated with them. No, he was asleep. I mean, uh, yeah. the, he, he went to suspend animation, and then they came. So uh, okay. if he stayed up for like 5 more minutes, he would have been able to fix his <laughs> ship and get out. Space but, time. <laughs> I know, right? It sucks. Anyway, that's the backstory. He's awake now, and he's surveying the scene, and he's trying to get his ship back to, in one piece to get back home, whatever iteration that has become. Because, like I said, it's been 195,000 years. Who knows what his home looks like? Okay, so we've done the base, which is his crashed ship. Now we're doing the vehicle. The base. Hey, quick question for you before you get started here. Shoot. Did you, did you work on this with, I forget that other gentleman's yes, name, the engineer? Brandon you W. Did work? Okay. Yes, I did. Excellent. Yes, I put a couple tweaks on it at the end. Hope he's not offended. But yes, I worked on it with Brandon. And uh, um, so if any of the math is wrong, it's pretty much his fault. <laughs> That's right, the bus. You're thrown under. All right, the basics. All vehicles have to have these statistics. It has to have size. It has decks. An OCV and DCV, uh, offensive combat value and defensive combat value. How well you hit and how well you dodge being hit. Offensive, defensive. It has uh, physical uh, defense and energy defense, all of that resistant. Speed, strength, and body. Speed is, is how many times a vehicle can make a maneuver every round. And strength is how much it can carry, push, or pull. And body is, well, how durable it is. Now, everyone starts with a zero vehicle size. Now, that's a two meter by one meter by one meter. That's a kind of a really big go-kart. Don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. So you got to buy that up. Now, the, the, as you buy it up, uh, your body and strength, as you can see from the chart below me, uh, if you let's say you buy to five, vehicle size five, you go over on that chart and you see that, oh, you, it comes with a strength of 35 and a body of 15 right off the bat. 
you get that for free because you bought the size. So you get the what, what does that 15 mean? Is that like hit points? Yes. That's your body in, in champions is basically your, your health, your constitution that equal also equals your hit points. When that goes to zero, you're dead or destroyed. If it's a vehicle, it's destroyed. It's no longer right. functional. You can still repair it. It's not blown to smithereens, but it's non-functional now. And of course you're, uh, you begin like, like all characters, you begin with a 10 decks and an OCV and DCV of three. Those are your bases. You add from there. That's your base. And the cool thing about vehicles is whatever movement ability you choose it has. Let's say your vehicle is a mini-sub. Well, when you buy swimming, you have to buy swimming, it will cost no endurance because vehicles have their primary mode of movement free. Free of endurance. You still have to buy it, but it's free of endurance. So you can use it forever. Never runs out of but gas. if I want one of those little boat cars, I'd have to pay for the other one? Yes, you have to buy one, which is the primary... And the secondary, you'd have to spend endurance on or buy it as zero endurance. It'll actually, it'll actually eat up gas, basically. <laughs> but a vehicle has no inherent senses. You have to buy those. A vehicle can't see, you know, because normally you don't need it. You're driving. You see for the vehicle. You, that's the way it works. Anyway, let's see. The vehicle foundation. Let's see what I did. As you can see, uh, I, in my head, it's more like a Flight of the Navigator type ship. If you're old enough to have, to have watched that show or know what I'm talking about. But uh, I found this one is, uh, is free to use. It's, it's a free use picture. So consider, look at this one, but make it silver in your head. And that's what I'm looking for. Size of six. All right. The real cost, that costs 30 points. But with that, I got a body of 16 and a strength of 40 for free. Okay. I got uh, 20 physical and 10 energy resistance. That's uh, inherent hull armor. And that cost me 45 points. So, I, so just out of curiosity, why did that cost you 45 points? Is that, so that doesn't come with it? No, no. The hull comes with it. But if you want the hull to be resistant, have some kind of defense against damage, not just take it, you have to... It's, uh, it, gotcha. Yeah, it's, a, a tank isn't just all hull. It's armor, and the hull is basically its frame and the inner lining of it. So which, if, you spend, if you spend zero points, it's just essentially built out of paper mache well, no, it's it, it's structurally sound. It, it will carry up to f a strength of forty worth of pounds or kilograms or whatever, but anything beyond that, it'll take structural damage, and any kind of damage whatsoever will instantly be structural damage. Whereas this one, it has layers of armor around it. To get to the structure, you have to get through the armor, and right. I wanted some of that. I wanted something like that because this this is a short range survey shuttle. Sure, you're not going to take into combat, but you know some life forms on some planets are a little dangerous. They might. <laughs> Batch around a little bit, yeah. Tune you up. Planet Nebraska. There you go. Planet Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> Dex of twenty because I wanted to be a little nimble. You know, I didn't want to to have uh, uh, turn issues like, uh, oh no, I took that turn too much and I'm spinning out. You know, stuff like that. So I I went to a base of ten, out of ten, cost me twenty points. The OCV and DCV. The OCV is is how well the shit the uh, vehicle attacks. Now it doesn't have any inherent attacks. I got to buy it for him, but once I do. This will be the OCV. The base of three, I wanted a little bit better. I bought it up to, that cost me 10 points. Now the DCV, this is how well people hit this, hit the vehicle. I wanted this to be very quick ship, very nimble ship. With a base of three, I bought five more points. So I over doubled its, its, its uh, people's mischance to hit this thing. That cost me 25 points. Uh, Mystic Legion says no points means it's built of, <laughs> built of Ford M aluminum. Mystic Legion can get off this channel now because... Uh... We, we, we support Ford here. 
I want a Ford car I, or something I, for free. I have a Ford car. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, you always drive Tauruses, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a Fusion no, I... now, but uh, but yeah, I drove three Tauruses in a row. Crashed them all, but <laughs> they're them very all. safe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, speed of five. Like I said, I wanted a quick ship. And the higher the higher speed you have, the more times you you have an action in a round. You know, the 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 uh, champion's round is is turned into into segments and phases. And at the speed of five, I'll go uh, something like uh, just under half the the total number of times I could possibly go. I will have a turn, or the vehicle will have a turn to either move forward, turn left, turn right, shoot, whatever. So th this thing handles very well. It handles very quickly. And it's just a good all-around speedy little ship. So I know you said Flight of the Navigator, but I'm picturing the ship from Rick and Morty. No. It's a lot slicker, <laughs> and it did not take a whole lot of damage in the crash. It took some. I'm going to get to that because I'm getting the vehicle powers right now. What can this do? Well, it has the same sensor suite as the base, except it doesn't have the huge range that the basis sensors did the basically uh my my crash ship since it's a spaceship it has space sensors it can detect anything on the planet this is a short range scout shuttle it can detect anything around it basically is it so it has all of the sense groups sight hearing and radio and it has all of them at 360 all of them are discriminatory meaning uh it can't just detect two two objects like two coins it can discriminate be, you know which coin is which which coin is which right it has a targeting sense any of these senses can be used to target like uh um i can use sonar to target someone to shoot i can use uh you know uh, uh infravision i think this thing has later on we'll get into it it has all kinds of stuff it, it can use What's any the range of in this bad boy uh normal normal personal range which means uh for every every meter beyond 10 you get a minus to your perception roll. Wow. So seems short technically it's, it's infinite. If you have a super high perception, <laughs> you have a possibility of rolling. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you get to about a thousand meters, your perception's like minus 50 and you're like, no, just don't bother rolling that because it's not going to happen. Uh, and all of the sensors are penetrative, which means that it can penetrate through force fields and armor. And all of it is rapid, which means it, it gathers information and, uh, and displays it for you 10 times faster than normal. All of this costs 205 points, which is the bulk of what this thing is going to cost right here is in the sensors, because this guy was a surveyor by trade. So his scout shuttle is going to be a survey. So it's going to be a survey vessel. Sensors are going to be the primary thing. Now the sensors themselves, I used a fixed multi-power. Now this is called a power framework. I'm going to explain it a little bit. There are two types of power frameworks 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 wow in sixth edition fixed multi-power and variable multi-power i'm using fixed now what this means is a power inside the framework has to follow certain rules the first rule is it has to be all the powers under a framework have to be similar in nature or come from the same source all of these is powers there, what, what's uh, who determines that like a game master determination yes. or is there like a chart in the book that or? is a game master's determination right. because champions is so uh, it has the ability to be so diverse. It's the game master's responsibility to rein people in, to keep them on track, keep them in their lane. You know what I mean? So the multi-power uh, that one I chose is all sensors. So all of mine are uh, one or more kinds of detection abilities. So they fall under the multi-power. The other 
the other rule for multi-power is you take the active cost of any of the powers inside the multi-power that are on and you add them up. They cannot exceed the base cost of the multi-power. So my multi-power is 70 points. The active powers in that multi-power, the active points cannot exceed 70. Well, luckily, I, I destroyed that problem because if you turn on all of my sensors, the active power equals 70. So I can have all the powers on. Yay. Now, let's look I'm just look nodding at... my head because I got no clue. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, uh, there's a benefit to having a multi-power. The benefit is you, you take the... The, the cost of the power after you've done all of your bonuses and limitations, and this is what the power costs. Divide that by 10. That's what it really costs in character points. So detect life forms. So, so, I, I, so I get that it's more fun. Why is it so cheap in character points then? I mean, they, well, uh, I, the, I guess what I'm saying here, first of all, I'm guessing everybody would use a, a multi-power because it seems silly not to. What's the well, weakness of a multi-power? Well, the weakness... Uh, number one in creating one you have to follow the you have to follow the rule number one they have to be of the all the powers have to be similar or from the same source if you are say iron man and all your powers come from your suit well there you go you're fine but if you're superman and you have ice breath and and heat vision and super strength that can fly at, at, at uh, close to the speed of light you'll be tough tough you hard pressed to tell a gm no it's because it's all of my kryptonian physiology multi-power no sorry dude <laughs> no so you your power you have to visual you have to be able to make a character whose powers will fit in a multi-power and Can you other, have more than one multi-power so in, could i say have like a multi-power all laser weapons and a multi-power all based on flying and then a multi-power all based on sensors no no uh okay. if, if you have a multi-power it comes it comes from the same source if you have okay. another multi-power, it is a different source altogether, and it, it must have different abilities as well as from a different source, or else you just have it under your first multi-power. Okay. Yeah. Now, normally, people, people like the, if I want to save points, I would get a 35-point multi-power. So I could only have 35 points active at the same time. Now, I'm not saving a whole lot of points using this multi-power. Actually, I'm spending six or seven more points than I could if I just took away the multi-power. But I still wanted the multi-power because uh, in spending experience points, it's, it's easier to make these powers stronger hmm. without spending a whole lot of points. But when, if I do that, I'll increase the active cost, which means I won't be able to have all of them on at once like I can at the beginning. That's the that's the that's the takeaway bonuses and minuses of multi power. Uh, you you may not be able to use them all at once, but you can uh, all the individual powers you can raise much higher, much faster with less character points. Okay. Now, first one is detect life forms. This one's pretty easy. Base cost for detecting something as broad as life costs ten points, and I want that to be targeting. Now, uh, de detect life forms is not a common sense group. So it doesn't fall under all the other things I've already bought. So I have to buy targeting, 360 arc, discriminatory, analyze, penetrative, all for it alone. And that active cost is 45 points. Now, it has the, it has the same uh, limitations as the base multipower, which is the sensor array cannot be moved from the ship. I can't just unplug it, plug it into a battery pack on my backpack and take it with me. No, you have to take the ship with you. 
to have the sensors. So it, it gets that, that limitation as well, which means the real cost is 18, but it's in a multi-power. So divide that by 10, round, you round uh, up or down, depending on if you're 0.5 or higher or lower, and that comes to two points. That's how much it costs. This thing also has sonar. Base cost of 15, but I get a buyback because I bought targeting as a radio sense. And radio is uh, all the EM spectrum, and sonar is, is, is uh, sonar considered hearing, but also infravision, stuff like that. So I get 10 points back because I already bought hearing as a, as a targeting sense, so it costs five. Hit with the with the power with the limitation for the multi-power that costs two divided by ten minimum of costing one point. All of these things are going to cost one point. Infrared perception, radar, radio perception. Radio is all EM bands, by the way. Ultrasonic, all of that costs one point. One point, one point, one point. All of it, all for one point. That's the sensor suite. It can it senses everything. The only thing it can't sense is mind waves. Aha! Just mind waves. That's it. It, it. it does not have any mental sight at all. But it's a machine, so I get it. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not angry. Now we'll get to the uh, to the defensive portions of the ship. It has a force field. It's not super great, but it's good. Uh, Twenty points of uh, physical energy defense. That cost me 60, 60, 60 character points. Now I wanted it allocatable. Now what this means is, uh, if you remember. Uh, Stargate uh, Universe, where the the Destiny shields can be tuned to a certain frequency, so it'll it will defend against that much much better, but everything else much much worse. Well, I can tune this force field to have more physical or more energy protection, depending on the situation. Like if I'm going up against against uh, uh, say the Juggernaut. I'm not going to worry about pew pew laser beams. I'm going to dial all that into physical and it'll have 40 points of physical defense. Or if How I've, often can you change it? Every time you have a turn, you can you can use an action to change the That seems that sounds like cheating. <laughs> hey, it cost me it cost me more points cuz it went from 60 points to 90 points. Hmm. So it went up by 50% the cost for that ability. Now, this force field is damaged a little bit. I have, to, I have to tweak, I have to repair. Normally, force fields don't cost endurance. This one does. So I go from 90 back down to 50 points. That's the real cost. And it cost eight endurance per phase. Per, basically, uh, per t- turn that it's and, on. And what did you have for total endurance again? Ah, this thing now has to have a battery. Because normally a, a, a device, a base or a vehicle or whatever has no endurance. It has to, you have to buy a power called endurance reserve. This is basically its battery, its power source. And I bought it with 200 endurance, cost me 50 points. And it recovers 15 uh, endurance per phase. That cost me 10 points for a total of 60 points. So I can have the force field on for a while. I have a 200 endurance reserve. It can be on for a while, not indefinitely. Why not indefinitely? Because if it's eight endurance per phase, but you recover. Ah, because I have other things that cost endurance that come in the next page. Ah, ah see? Yeah, there you go. As a matter of fact, let's get to that page right now. <laughs> How long before Human Dog names the names this Taurus and crashes? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, now, uh, what other wells it has life support? Now, it has safe environment, which means that uh, it's heat and cold proof. It, uh, it has its own self-contained uh, breathing system. 
Uh, it has high pressure and no pressure, so it can, it can technically go into space and underwater. But it doesn't create its own food like the base does. So it, you basically you might have a fridge, but you, you don't have a food replicator in this thing. So instead of 25 points for the whole shebang, only 19 points for just being able to survive in any environment. It also has a defensive turret on the bottom. A pop-out turret. Pew, pew, pew. 360-degree turret. Uh, 10d6 energy blast that does stun only. Because I don't, I don't want to kill folk. I mean, this this thing is for gathering life forms, you know, like for, for testing and whatnot. Just want to stun it. and then Oh, take like it Star away. Control 2. Yeah, basically Star Control 2. Exactly right. <laughs> that gives me a base cost of 50 points for the, for the 10d6 energy stun. The active cost, of course, is 50 points because I'm not giving it any bonuses. But I'm giving it some minuses. It can only fire in a straight line beam. Normally, you, you can tune any kind of energy blast to fire a cone or a beam. This one can only be a beam. So that gives me a little bit of a, of a, of a rebate on the cost. And it is, a, uh, is an obvious, inaccessible focus, immobile. It is a turret on the bottom of the ship. Not, not only can you not take it off the ship and have it work, if an enemy is above the ship, I can't shoot it. That's just the way, it, that's how physics works. I'm not going to shoot through myself to get this guy. It's a bad idea. So with those, with all of that, the real cost is only 18 points, but it costs five endurance per blast. And if you remember, I bought up my speed on this ship so I can fire lots of blasts. So with, if I'm in a fight with my shields are on and I'm blasting every turn that I can or every, every phase that I can or segment, whatever, I'm going to go through that endurance quite quickly. So this ship is not made for a protracted battle. It is not a battleship. It is a short-range survey shuttle. Now, speaking of that, it has a camouflage. Not invisibility per se. I mean, sure, I had to buy it as the power invisibility, but I gave it a lot of caveats. It is invisible to both sight and radar. So sight and the entire EM spectrum. You can still see it. Uh, you can still see it with thermal vision. You can still hear it, but you can't see it on radar. You can't see it on any kind of... Uh, uh, radiation detection or anything like that and you can't obviously see we'll emit a tachyon field that'll find you no a tachy tachyons aren't, aren't really particles they're waves and they're considered part of the EM spectrum so i'm invisible tachyons too which i don't understand about star trek anyway it doesn't matter uh the ba base cost for this is 30 for sight and radar is 30 points i bought it as zero endurance because i don't want this to eat endurance as well all right so that's going to up the cost to 45 now I also bought it with a lot of limitations. Bright fringe. Now, what this means is it's not true invisibility. It's more like predator invisibility, where there's a shimmer. And you have a chance to see that shimmer, especially when they're moving. And the camouflage is only active if I'm not attacking. Once I attack or get attacked, basically when you're not in combat. Once you're in combat, the camouflage goes out. That was, that was more thematic, really. I just wanted that as a theme. And so that brings down the real cost to 26 points. And now we get to the flight. Flight of my navigator ship. I bought 20 meters per phase. It can move 20 meters in combat per phase. That means the base cost is 20 points. But I wanted a higher non-combat travel. I wanted this thing to have uh, at, at least jet fighter speed. So I bought mega scale, which is non-combat movement of one kilometer, which means is instead of 20 meters per phase, I can go 20 kilometers per phase. 
And I bought usable as swimming. You can buy a specialty thing of flight. Now I can basically use use my flight engines underwater. But that cost me another another quarter point. So the real cost on this is 45 points. So we add it all together. What do we got? Well, we have an eight meter by four meter by four meter vehicle, basically the size of a tank. Pretty much all the sensors you'd want, except for detecting brain waves or whatever. It has a 20, 2020 adjustable force field, which is pretty cool. It is pretty fast, it is jet fighter fast, non-combat flight. It has a defensive turret on the bottom with, with a respectable amount of damage attached to it. It can camouflage like the Predator, and it has a regenerating power source. Yes, Mystic Legion is very much like the shield helicarrier in, in the original, uh, 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 not a, yeah, the original Avengers or Captain America, or whatever. Yes, is the, uh, the original helicarrier, which is more of a camouflage and invisibility. That's exactly right. And as a power source that regenerates itself over time. What did it cost? 618 points. But when you're making a baser vehicle, you take the cost and you divide it by five. That's what it costs you in character points on character generation. That's 124. Now, if we go back, oh, as a matter of fact, uh, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you can go back right now to the base construction because, boom, there's a link above my head right now. Uh, I think you've, I think you've uh, maxed out the number of <laughs> I put on there. So, no, you can only do five, and I think you've actually reached that. And I'm going to forget anyway. So, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, a, a standard superhero starts with 400 points. The base costs 147. This vehicle costs 124. Add that together, subtract by 400, and you get 129. That's how much, how many points you have left for your character himself. But that's not a problem. Normally, that would be a problem. Mystic Legion, this game has a lot of math. Yes, in the character generation, the math is long. But when you're actually playing, it's just counting six-sided dice. The math is dice. still long. It's just counting six-sided dice, man. That's it, <laughs> really. All the math stuff. But 129 points is doesn't seem like a lot out of 400, but this is a technological hero. A technological hero always spreads his points out between vehicles, bases, and himself. Take Tony Stark, for instance. How many pieces of armor did he have? Uh, his, his, his base had like this state-of-the-art uh, fusion reactor, uh, what is that, uh, uh, quantum splicer... Uh, and he himself, he had no superpowers. No, yeah, other he than himself had no powers. Ar arrogant whatsoever. playboy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> his only powers were his intelligence and, and yeah, maybe creativity true. or wit or whatever. That's all the points he spent on himself. Everything was his vehicles, his suits, his base. Everything else was that. So for a technological hero, this is, this is not inappropriate at all. I mean, if you're Superman, well, you're kind of bone. You only got 120 points left for Superman stuff. You're not going to be very super. You're just going to be better than average man. But you have one hell of a Fortress of Solitude. Oh, yeah, your Fortress of Solitude is just kicking. It's got spinning <laughs> it's rims and It's not just everything. some dumb crystal with oh, some no, you know, VCR tapes from the past. Oh, it's, it's, got, it's got the AI Jor-El and everything. It's awesome. <laughs> AI Jor-El. Exactly right. So that is our uh, vehicle uh, construction for Champions 6th Edition Hero System. So, so I got to put a couple of little, little things. In. I, I agree with Mystic Legion 100%. Way too much math for me. But, 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 but with that said, 
the hero system, I know more about hero than champions. Same thing. I get it. But uh, I have the hero system books, not the champions books. Well, it's just, the it's absolutely yeah. the most flexible creation yeah. system I've seen for any game ever. Yes. So I've used it in the past for actually like writing up short stories and so on and so forth. Cause you can really make what you want. Hey, you know, this is a good resource to put something together that still isn't just so crazy imaginative. You just throw whatever you want out there. It's got it's got a system. Uh, um, I got. I can't think of the term now. A process for it, mm, yeah. so you know everything's relative. Uh, I like. I overall like the system once I get past the character creation. Yes. Usually, the the parts where I complain about is somebody does what Heathen Dog did here, and I just spent my points like easy, <laughs> like. And then somebody comes in with forty two multi powers and variable thises and all this other crap, and I'm like, whatever. It's just not my cup of tea. I understand. I but, understand. The, but the game itself is. Is a th- gets a thumbs up. Yeah, but uh, part of part of the thing is uh, if you want to start out, like if you want to be a starting out Iron Man of the first movie Iron Man, you still have to start off with a pretty substantial base. All right, because his he, he already had a, a couple of, of really cra- crappy AI robots. He had he had a base with full fabrication ability. He had a really good AI computer. And he had a wonderful house and lots of cars and lots of he money. He's probably stuff. a six hundred point character or something. And that a six hundred points is a high level starting character. It's a it's it's a it's a starting character in a high power campaign, which you're probably right. So he has to spread all those points out and then have leftover for his suit. So to do that, you have to you have to take limitations, you know. And uh, and and commonly his limitation is uh, he never tests anything. He just kind of gets in it and goes. That's a psychological limitation, but you'll still get points for that. Uh, the other limitation is his his crappy AI worker bots. They commonly screw up. That is that's limitation that makes buying those worker bots cheaper. Uh, you know, common stuff like that you can get point rebates for by by bringing in quirks. Now, most of these quirks are for role-playing ability. You know, it was it was it was comedic relief in the movie, right? When the when when the when the goofball dummy robot would screw up, it was comedic relief. But if you think of it as a champion's character, he got a he got a point deduction for that. <laughs> well, and, and if you look at the growth of it, I mean, he was spending experience points he, each and movie. Yes, throughout the movies, he was spending experience points as he did. He he increased his fabrication ability of his base he he increased the intelligence of his robots he increased the number of suits he has the powers in the suits he did all that because all of them their real cost was cheaper so he uh, he can put a little bit of points in with all the limitations it'll have a big result so yeah so if you do the math you, you, you can look at any of these things as a champion's character and you start seeing the champions equations when you start watching movies which is bad don't wait never mind don't do that if you're the type of person that just loves to create 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 this, this, is, this is awesome this I, is like again i have a bunch of the heroes books i have what uh ultimate vehicle hero system equipment guide fantasy grimoire apparently you can make spells too you know so on and so forth i can't read the rest of them too yeah. far away i'm old and i have thick glasses um but uh yeah you can create pretty much anything so if you're a creationist type person creationist yeah whatever okay. uh, oh, breeze uh, right by that yeah it's uh it's actually an amazing system true i just i i do agree me personally i agree with mystic legion too much math if i want to do math i'd go to work i got you all right well b- besides too much math because we already established that uh what are your thoughts what are your thoughts about champions uh do you have any other future rpgs you want me to not future but rpgs that exist right now that you want me to uh look at in the future 
go ahead and throw them in Discord or our Twitter, and you can see those links below. And of course, while you're doing it, you're watching Twitch already, or you're watching YouTube, go to Twitch, click on that follow button, and bam, or subscribe, man, subscribe, because we have uh, we have subscriber giveaways every month. You could be a winner. Or, you know, if you're watching this YouTube, go ahead and uh, subscribe to that and then hit that notification button so you'll know when all of our new stuff drops. And if you want more Heathen Dogma, well, you can. You can check out YouTube. Uh, you can ch check out Twitch. We have all my stuff there. You can check out my team-ups with uh, Garthon and sometimes Elgarian on Star Trek Online or my solo gameplays on Mondays of this War of Mine DLCs, which are incredibly sad. Max have you Liao, finished that yet? You bastard. No. I know. I finished one okay. of them. I finished okay. one of them. Yeah, oh. I know. I'm, I'm a jerk. Yes, you are. <laughs> Jerky jerk. Jerky jerk face. I, you know, I was going to go back and watch some of those videos. I need to know, do you actually tear up? Is there a little tear coming down? I didn't tear up, but oh, it was bad. Okay. All right, everyone. And normally, here's the point in the program where we talk about Garthon and his comics. And he comes on and says, hey, this is my comics. I'm going to tell you all about him. But today's not that day. Today is the day of Max Liao's Celestial Wisdom. And he's going to talk oh. about Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden. Take it away. So actually, I'm starting off with Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden, but I'm going to be talking about just Mutant Year Zero, the tabletop game. But I need to let Heathen Dog know a couple of things. First of all, I need to let him know this is the exact opposite of champions, okay? <laughs> he went through a whole bunch of maths just to make one car, space car, whatever. Who cares? Um, <laughs> it's a really good car, um, though. It was a good car, yeah. And this one... You don't know. This one's going to be simple, and I'll explain why. Uh, also, did you know there's a Darkest Dungeon tabletop game? I think we're going to get that for International Tabletop Day. And you're muted. See, no one can hear you now. I'm going to have to go through this, I guess. Uh, let's see. All right. Mutant U Zero, Road to Eden, developer, The Bearded Lady. I'm, I know I can't read Bearded Ladies. Okay, go ahead. You're back on. <laughs> all right, I'm back on. Uh, all right, so uh, anyway, so the reason I put this slide up here is because this is actually what got me interested in Mutant Year Zero as a whole. So I, as on a lark, I asked for a key for this game, figuring I'm never going to get a key for this game. It's a it's a full AAA price game, at least I think it was. Uh, what was it say there? 30, well, I guess not quite full AAA price, but it's it's a worthy game. All the mainstreamers are doing it. They're never going to give you know, somebody gets like 10 views. And yet they did. And not only did they give me this game, they gave me the deluxe version of the game. So I have to thank vocally again jen's eric from funcom for offering you know this game to legion myth me specifically now so why do i say all Wait, that is he because from norway? uh sweden i think oh he's a dirty swede yeah the the, the entire this entire game is based from sweden so. oh super by See, the way I... all the all the paradox interactive games you play they're from sweden too okay the, uh, the, 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 the just for a note the dirty swede comment was from uh john carpenter's the thing it wasn't it wasn't oh, okay. me it was it was it was it was mccready's uh, slang thing. So hello, Raven Slayer. How you doing today? So, um, anyway, so I just I needed to thank uh, the Mutant User Road to Eden computer team. Uh, interesting note, though, you can't play a duck or a boar in Mutant Year Zero. Oh, but nope. you you can play a lizard man, the person in the middle. Lizard, well, lizard? I, and yes, so so the mutant power that this one has is actually I think it's called rep. Oh my God, I don't know off the top of my head. It's like reptile skin or something okay. like that. Yeah. Plus, you can also just degrade, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Awesome. So moving on. So Mutant Year Zero, role-playing at the end of days. 
So the quick timeline of Mutant Year Zero is the original game actually came out in 1984, and it was just called Mutant. Then 1992, yeah, there was like a second edition. I'm not going to read them all off there. Uh, in 1992, they had kind of a mutant in space thing. I don't know how well that went. Hmm. But 1993, most of the gamers of my age probably recognize this one, Mutant Chronicles. I think there was a movie. I don't know how good it was, but I think there's a movie. I know there are a bunch of novels. It's something I recognize from the 90s, just never played it. I had no clue that this was part of the same mutant universe. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, again, what well, they have, 2002, uh, another version all in Swedish that I can't read. Is that uh, Underground up. Advantage? Maybe. Uh, you know what? I'll give you a thumbs up for trying because I don't know. <laughs> but in 2014, Mutant R Null, which means Mutant Year Zero in Swedish, uh, came out. And it was quickly translated in December of that year into English. Again, I had no clue because I pretty much didn't care. And in 2017, the third print, printing of the, which is what I'm going to be talking about of the game came out, which there's very, very, very minor details. If you have the first printing versus third printing, you're playing the same game. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, it's uh, the de developer, the de 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 developer like that, uh, is Free League Publishing. And it's licensed from Cabinet Entertainment, which used to be Paradox Entertainment, not to be confused with Paradox Interactive, also out of Sweden, <laughs> which does a lot of uh, the video games we the play. The Swedish are taking over. I know. Hey, they make good stuff, man. What do you want? And uh, the publisher, the main publisher, it's a UK company, Modifius Entertainment. So right. Let's go to the next one. Let's see what you can get with the PDF. Look at all that. See, this is why I asked Heathen Dodd that question. Like, what do you oh, get with the PDF? Yeah. Look at all this stuff. I get a watermark PDF and a whole list of things. Yeah. Go buy the PDF. Now, um, if you don't want to buy the PDF, if you're a cool kid like me, let me go grab it right here. Oh, Look here you go. Show off. New, new zero. Yep. Boom. Show off. There you go. You, well, here, you, know, you want me to show off? Here's oh. Mechatron. You can play robots. Oh, yeah. There that's it the comes. one I'm going yep. to be running. Gen Lab Alpha. That's the one I'm going to be running about a month. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Hardcover is, uh, it says 39.99 euro. It's about $50. Sorry, but uh, I live in Germany, so it always gives me prices in euro. Yep. And uh, again, about $50. Notice I get a little discount on that because Amazon loves me, apparently, or something. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Mutant Year Zero. There are four versions of the game that can be, well, actually, there's only three right now. There's going to, to be moment. four. There's going to be four, maybe even more. Who knows? Um, but it's four and one, and you can either play them as standalone games, or you can play them as expansions to each other with kind of Mutant Year Zero as the base. Um, so the quick rundown here is Mutant Year Zero. You play Mutant Humans. Okay. And so what? What's uh, so the way I have these bullets uh, is the first part is what you play, the second part is what your challenge is, third part is what the OOC is, and I'll get to that also. So mutant humans, they have no progeny and they're lacking food. Basically, they've been living in their ark for a while, and now they're starting to run out of food. And the world around them is a horrible, horrible, horrible place, uh, contaminated like crazy. But now they have to try to go out into it to seek water, food, artifacts, and maybe a better life. Mutant Gen Lab Alpha is mutant animals. Think of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. Uh, they're trapped in Paradise Valley. Trapped in Paradise? Well, sounds sounds like an oxymoron. Trapped in Paradise. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paradise Valley isn't all it's cracked up to be. Aww. And uh, so they're kind of being held in place by some robots who were told by humans to, hey, keep the animals here. And uh, they've started to realize, you know what? There's a world out there somewhere. I can't say more than that because I'm going to be running it. There's a world out there somewhere. We want to be part of that world. And uh, so they're setting up no, resistance don't. operations. They, they don't know. They don't know. No, you <laughs> yeah. don't. No, you don't, dude. Stay in paradise. 
All the humans Mutant would kill to get in there. <laughs> you don't know how good you had it. Uh, <laughs> Stupid Mutant Mechatron, they're sentient robots. And their dilemma is, uh, their dome is, well, think of an undersea dome about to crack. Sea Lab 2021 here. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> that, that place was constantly blowing up. <laughs> Every episode. Uh, so, and they don't know why they're becoming sentient. And the main, we'll just call it CPU, doesn't like the fact that, hey, you're disobeying orders. Why are you doing that? Go in for trouble, troubleshooting. Oh, there you and, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're like, no, I don't want to. I like being sentient. So they have to figure that out. And they have to keep their dome going before, you know. Crack so anyway, each one of them. And then the fourth one, which isn't out yet, although I'm a Kickstarter backer of it, is Mutant Elysium where uh, you're going to play natural humans. And I suspect that that's probably going to include technology and so forth. So uh, I'm not reading chat. I'm sorry. So if there's something for me to follow up with, Heathen Dog uh, can uh, yell at me about it. It was a, it was a rocket, rocket, rocket raccoon came from uh, Gen Lab Alpha. Uh, could a Yes, a raccoon could come. Would he be a badger or would he be a, uh, a rabbit? I don't know. Or a rat. I don't know where, where a raccoon would fall in there. I'd, I'd have to look it up genetically. And I'm well, no, he, he's right. talking about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy I rocket. I raccoon. But, yeah. but I'm saying you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to figure out which habitat that they would fall in. Yeah. Um, anywho. So Mutant Year Zero is the base game and uh, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha and uh, uh, Mechatron. I sometimes call it Mechatron 7 because that's actually what it's called. Just the game's called Mechatron. Mm -hmm. They have pre Year Zero stories, good stories. So I suggest you play them separately to start to, and then start to integrate after playing those intro stories. We're going to kind of do that depending on if they like the game. So it's a, what our plan is to finish, finish up our second edition AD&D storyline, play the Gen Lab, and, uh, Gen Lab Alpha intro story, go back to second edition AD&D, and if they still like Mutant Year Zero, then once again we'll go back and we'll play their characters again, but now in the real world, I guess you'd call it. Sure. So. All right, so what's the next one here? The next one we've got, oh, I've got to give you a timeline. This is gonna, We're going to be on this slide for a little while here. And this is the cover for Mechatron. Uh, yeah, Newton Mechatron. Okay. So during the final years of the old age, scientists search for answers to disease, pollution, financial crises, and social unrest. A global economic catastrophe was already underway. I got to move this over. There we go. At the same time, natural disasters and growing political conflict ravaged the world. Old and new superpowers were openly hostile to each other. Now, I, again, just for anybody watching, uh, for especially for the people who are going to be in my game, there are no spoilers here. So everything I'm giving you, you can either find out really quickly or is common sense. I'm not going to tell you how things end. 252 years before Mutant Year Zero, the Red Plague hits. As if from nowhere, a contagion called the Red Plague because bloodshot eyes were the first symptoms, spread across the world. The Red Plague brought death and destruction on a wait, scale wait, never before seen. Wait, say that again? Red what? Stop it, Ravenslayer. Red, red what? It's called the Red, red Plague. Red Plague? Yes, Plague. Did I spell plague? it wrong there or something? No, you're saying it wrong. <laughs> you're saying Plague or Plague instead of Plague. The Red Plague. That's <laughs> so funny when you say it. Okay, go on. Go okay. On. All right, whatever. Uh, so, 251 years before Mutant Year Zero, the last world war. Under the threat of total annihilation posed by the plague, global nuclear war broke out. As human civilization was being destroyed, the rich and powerful, of course, escaped the devastation underground, at the bottom of the oceans, and even outside the solar system. 
These self-sufficient enclaves could only hold a small portion of the world's population, so those of notable intellect, necessary skill, and, of course, money were allowed in, while the rest of the world was boned. Yeah, These enclaves fair. were... What's that? Sounds fair. Yep. <laughs> exactly. These enclaves were meant to be peaceful, led by the best scientists, philosophers, and politicians humanity and money could muster. But old grudges die hard. Deep isolation, hopelessness bred suspicion and hostility. Time, broken promises, and eventual alliances of convenience culminated in the formation of three titan powers, Noatum, Mimir, and Elysium. I hope I'm saying Mimir right. Spelled weird. Uh, the space station Mimir watches down on the mutants, humans of Mutant Year Zero. Deep underground, Elysium is the background of GenLab Alpha. And finally, Nawadum, located deep underwater, is the center of the Mechatron 7 story. And hopefully that part wasn't too spoilery, but, you know, hey, figure that out pretty quickly anyway. Now we're going to move ahead a few decades, 185 years before Mutant Year Zero, the Enclave War between the Titan Powers. No one knows who started it, but the Cold War turned into a hot war, and the Titan and no Titan Enclave was left untouched. So remember, these Titan, three Titan Powers had multiple Enclaves all over the world. Okay. Since I won't give stories, the simplified result... Uh, did I say stories? Since I won't give spoilers. There we go. The simplified result of this war is what we now see in the world of Mutant Year Zero, and I'm going to leave it at that. So Mutant Year Zero are mutants who live in a toxic world. They cannot procreate, and food and water is running out. I know we kind of already talked about this, but just to recap, mutant Gen Lab Alpha, mutant animals, trapped by robot watchers in Paradise Valley, resistance is growing, and this is what I will be running. Mutant Mechatron, sentient robots, trapped in a failing underwater dome, and they have to hide their sentient status. And lastly, as we talked about before, mutant Elysium is going to be humans. So... My story that I'm going to be running, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, will start basically one year before Mutant Year Zero starts. All right, that's the quick history. Uh, I intentionally read it so that uh, I didn't go off on weird tangents. So next, we're going to talk about what the ambiance of Mutant Year Zero is. Right off the bat, Mutant Year Zero is trying to kill your character, okay? It's trying to kill it. This is why I say it is Mad Max meets The Walking Dead meets... Call of Cthulhu. Let me explain. It's Mad Max where you have people wearing, you know, tinfoil colanders on their head, uh, you know, weird face paint and so on and so forth. I'm talking the 19, was it 79 or 80? Whatever the original Mad Max right. uh, first two were. Talking that where, yeah, uh, you, you have that. Then you have the Ark, your little home, which would be kind of like the Walking Dead, whether it's the prison or Alexandria or, or whatever else. Meets Call of Cthulhu because when you go out into the world, you might not go insane, but you're going to rot and fade away and die. Like, the game is not nice at all. So it's got deadly combat. Um, there's trauma for each attribute. What trauma means, think of it as like a critical hit for now, for each attribute. So just because you've built a lot of strength, <laughs> strength is also my hit points. You can't beat me. No, I'll just talk to you and make you feel bad about yourself, and then you'll sit down on the ground in the fetal position weeping. Useless. And then I coup de gras you, literally. I just say, I kill him. All right, he's dead. Make a new character. Uh, you have the rot. Actually, let, let me let me point this out. Mike, my, my uh, wife and I, we rolled practice dice. In one round, she dominated me. This is with uh, Gen Lab Alpha. She dominated me, punched me with her little Kung Fu Panda skill, uh, broke my spine. 
I didn't even, and I was a moose, a big moose with giant size and antlers and whatnot. I'm like, Arr! she punched me, broke my spine. My character was gone. That's it. <laughs> One round. Wow. So the game now, now mind you, she was built for that, but just to let you, and she got a bunch of successes, but I'm just saying the game is deadly. Uh, moving on. Uh, yes. Yeah, so about broken could rot, rot the, as if that wasn't enough, you go out into the world and every zone has rot. Uh, think of it, you know, rot, what is it? Is it contamination? Who knows? It's just nasty. And it, it, uh, a zone might have light rot where you only have to worry about it once a day. It might have heavy rot where you take in a, a point a minute and every point of rot degrades you. So, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't want to, because I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. I'm going to move on. So conditions. You also have to worry about starving, dehydration, hypothermia, and sleeplessness. <laughs> the game is trying to find ways to kill you. The characters should be attached. I'm sorry, the players should be attached to their characters. They should be. See, these aren't throwaway cardboard cutout characters where it's like, whatever, my character dies, just make a new one. At the same time, you have to understand that your character's life expectancy, well, it's undetermined, but short. Uh, so this is how I liken it to Call of Cthulhu with the insanity. GMs are even told, if the players start to feel safe and comfortable, it's time to break something. <laughs> uh, so they're also told, let the characters die. You know, a lot of times people play like D&D, &D and they're like, oh, D&D, &D, oh, you get resurrected because you're third level and people like you, even though that should cost 20000 and some souls and some other, whatever. Now, this game's like, no, they're dead. Tell make a new character. Um, but it also tells the GMs, look, the game's out to kill people. You don't have to be a jerk. <laughs> It'll let the players have some fun and some success as well. And then the, the game is, I can't even read what I wrote there. Uh, the game loves its lore and its RNG. Loves it. So uh, everything rots. There aren't enough resources. If you've got it, you're a target. Feel the apocalypse. But, that, that is that is very Mad Maxi. Like if you have if you have something if you have a lot of something, I have a, I have an abundance of water. You have to defend that with your last breath. Yep, and and uh, uh, bullets are the resource in this game, like the money. So, um, well, for Mutant Year Zero, not for Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, but for Mutant Year Zero, bullets are the resource. So I've got twenty bullets. Do I use them to shoot somebody or do I buy? You know, uh, I, I mean, they just did a really good job of incorporating everything you need in the game as also a resource that at some point you need to relinquish if you want to improve. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the arc as well. And lastly, it stresses that hope never dies. Don't leave the characters just in a black hole and laugh at them. They always have an out of some sort. Now, dice may conspire against them. Uh, they may, may make dumb decisions. Um, they may just fall into an unforeseen trap, whatever. That's fine. But they should always have some hope and some way of getting out of there. Got it. All right. Next next one. So some people love their spreadsheet gaming. Champions. Others like to be thespians. Mutant Year Zero allows for both at the same time with in-character and out-of-character gameplay. And I thought found this to be really neat. So out of character, and we're specifically talking about Mutant Year Zero now, not the other two. Out of character gameplay, you have arc development projects. So before you go on your mission, you set the players down and they don't talk in character. They talk specifically out of character as players. They talk about 
how they want to develop the arc. So even though there's an elder and there are even a couple of bosses, the players are the ones that, uh, for however reason, whether it's like they, they get people to follow them or they're just the smartest ones or the bosses are too busy doing something else, whatever, they get to make the decisions or at least try to make the decisions in some cases. Do you improve your food supply so you're not starving to death? Do you improve your culture so that you can start to understand some of the technology? Do you improve your technology so you can start using some of the technology? And do you build up defenses so that uh, you know when the zombies from The Walking Dead attack, you're protected? Got to balance that out. And believe me, it's never good enough. <laughs> and remember, you can't procreate. You don't want to throw away lives. If, you're, if your arc gets too low in population, it's pretty much done. doesn't matter that you're alive, you're done. Arc's over. Have a nice life. Go live out in the rot for as long as you can. So you know, anybody who's like, well, that's okay. We're only going to lose a couple people in this one. That should never be said. It should be, uh, we're going to lose a couple people in this one. Well, it's better than losing 10. Oh, God, I suppose. All right. Yeah, that's how it should feel. And food supply represents how easy it's to find food. A low development level means... Even you, the PCs, may not find food to eat. Remember that starvation condition we talked about earlier? Mm -hmm. Culture helps people of the Ark understand artifacts and use the technology. Where culture helps understand the technology, tech allows you to actually use the technology. And warfare, as I, as I mentioned, is kind of your defenses. It can be a little bit offensive. You can have patrols and so forth as well. Your objective is to survive. This means the Ark, along with the people in it, have to survive as well. No, no man so, is a Frank Castle. You have to go. You can't go it alone. Right. You're actually not now, allowed, right? Well, you're allowed, but you'd be honestly, if a player, if a character were to go alone, I'm trying to think of an instance where that would be okay. I mean, within the arc, they could do it, but outside the arc, go alone. I can't see how a single character would survive. Not, not if the GM was was handling it truthfully. It's possible. There are roles, there are abilities that you get that would that would facilitate that. But to truly be out there, I can't see how a single player could do it. I see. Hey, Jimbo, how you doing? And uh, Baldahar, he says it's odd for a game that, that's trying to kill you to make you work together. Well, really, no, it's not. Because in this game, it's trying to kill you so much, you have to work together. It's you against the game. Yes. So yes. you have to work together to stay alive, even though the game is actively trying to kill you. And, and that's actually the point that, that the game even tries to make. This is a teamwork game. And we'll get to some of that in the character creation. You're going to see it in character creation as well when we get to that. So yes, it's a survival uh, type game. Yes, exactly. It is absolutely a survival trope game, but done well, done very well. Uh, I think this is better than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles after the bomb. And I can't believe I just said that. So in character, they also, we talked about the auto character in character is based on the choices you make in the auto character stuff, especially for you guys who are going to play the mutant gen lab alpha stuff. Uh, your decisions out of character. Cause, cause just so that you guys know uh, on YouTube and so forth, they get to plot their resistant operations without my knowledge. At the same time, I plot the watchers and how they're going to handle the resistance. And then when everybody's done, we come together and based on what they've done and what I've done, the resistance might grow, it might shrink, it might grow here, but shrink here, it, it's me against them. But I don't get to see what they're doing and they don't get to see what I'm doing and it all comes to not afterward, which is a great mechanic, I think. Because I can't cheat as the GM and say, oh, they're going over here. Well, I'm going to do that. No. 
if I just plot better than them, I plot better than them. If they plot better than me, they plot better than me. That's just the way it goes. Plus there's a story in there as well. So with that, I move on to the in-character stuff. Said, so, okay, so, uh, well, I'm going back to the Mutant Year Zero portion, not the Mutant Gen Lab Alpha. So some examples are they could fight for grub, water, and bullets. Uh, they could perform arc projects, and you can turn that into a story. And the game, the actual hardcover of the book, I know this is Gen Lab Alpha, but uh, of the Mutant Year Zero gives you examples. If you're not sure how to run, all they're doing is building a statue. Oh, well, this is how you hand, how you can handle that, not how you have to, how you can. They give you a couple of mission ideas. Maybe somebody's trying to sabotage it. Maybe you need more materials for it, May, you know, whatever. Um, you protect the arc. You can protect your own. Maybe one of the bosses doesn't like how much clout you have. You can explore the zone. That's never fun. <laughs> In fact, exploring the zone is such a necessity now. It's like people do it, but they only do it because they have to. Because nobody wants to go out there because there's rot out there. No matter um, how much cool stuff you can find out there and bring back, you're a hero, you're a hero, but you'll be dead in 30 days. So yeah, you're you know? a hero for that long. And we'll, we'll talk about how you can get around the rot as well. Now, uh, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha and, and Mutant Megatron 7 have their own versions of the out-of-character and in-character play as well. MGA version is the players versus the GM, as I talked about already, directly. Um, they try to grow the resistance while I try to attempt to crush it. Uh, and uh, Mutant uh, Megatron 7, they have to uh, help keep the dome alive. And I, truthfully, I haven't read as much of the MM7 as I have of the MGA. So uh, pardon me, but it's basically about just keeping the dome up and keeping energy uh, so the way I plan on running the game, at least for the MGA operations, is for the players to decide what they're working on at the end of a session, which will give me the next week to you know, put the adventure together and so forth. So then, then they're going to run their operation. The stuff that they already did that's out of character happens. So if they have a successful operation, let's say they take the dog tribe and do whatever, and it's successful, I don't get to counter that. That happened. But theirs, they run as players and still could succeed or fail on their own merits. Okay. Okay. Hopefully, uh, did I uh, talk in character artifact? Oh, uh, let me talk about the zone explorations. Why do you want to go out in the zone? Well, we already talked about grub and water. You also, the, the mythical Eden. You need to find Eden. Eden is the place where you can survive, where maybe you can find procreation. Maybe you can find water that isn't rotted, where you can live in harmony, blah, blah, blah. What, e what is Eden? I'm not telling you here. but It's a pipe dream. Everyone it? knows that. Well, yeah, actually, it could be. It's up to the GM, actually. So, um, yeah. Now, and then uh, artifact, uh, yeah, your artifacts help improve the arc and help improve your character, and that's the balance. This artifact may be great for your character, but if you give it to the arc, it gives you more arc development points. And now your technology or your culture or something goes up, and you... And, do you turn it in or do you keep it? It's all, I, I love these. It's a decision-making thing. Like uh, Ravenser said, it is a survival trope game. And yes, Rot is the enemy. Rot is this game's insanity if you compare it to Call of Duty. All right, let's, let's go look at character creation. Now, unlike, <laughs> what was Stop that game? It. Champion, Stop champions, Stop we're going to do this. Actually, we're going to take longer than it actually takes to make a character. Once you know the system, you can whip out a character in two, well, five minutes. Take you two minutes to do the stats, gear, and everything else, and the other three minutes to figure out how you relate to the other characters. And then you're back in the game. So um, you pick your role, which is like your character class. Pick your name. Pick your appearance, which is just some random stuff you want to say about yourself. You know, if you want to be really descriptive, put it on another sheet of paper, whatever. 
but it just gives some character to your character. You place your attributes, you pick your skills, you choose your talent, you roll your mutation, and I love this because the game actually says, oh, you don't like the rotation, the mutation you rolled? Suck it up, Buttercup. That's the mutation you have. You don't get to reroll. Uh, or you can get the cards and you just pull out a card. I, I don't have the cards, unfortunately. And the cards say, this is your mutation. I don't like that one. It doesn't fit my character. Uh, too bad. It's a mutation. You didn't you don't choose a mutation. Um, you pick your relationships, uh, your big dream, which we'll talk about, your, how you fit in with the arc, and then your den, which is uh, essentially your little home your, within the your, arc. Your family unit? It's your home. Okay. Probably don't have a family unit considering people can't procreate. Well, you can still have fun though, right? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Pick yeah. It, pick it, boom, boom. But then you would put that down in your, your PC and NPC relationships. Yeah. All right. So what role did I pick? I picked Gearhead. Why? Because I don't want to say it's underrated, but Gearheads are, are necessary. Everybody wants to play a fighter because, you know, especially remember that one punch kill thing. Uh, but the gearhead can create, can fix, and modify items using scrap. So they go out there, they find scrap, little hunks of metal, whatever. They actually have charts for the scrap. You can pick up an old Barbie doll. Uh, but they can use scrap to make and fix items. Uh, modify and repair gears, it says there. Now, the key attribute for a gearhead is wits. So there are four attributes, which we'll get into. You can actually see it on the screen, but we'll get to it uh, towards the bottom there. And the specialist skill of the gearhead is jury rig. Now, jury rig allows you to modify all the stuff we were talking about. And if you've got armor that just is, you know, is dwindling, it took some damage, you want the gearhead to fix it for you. If you have a scrap pistol that is all but useless, you want the gearhead to fix it for you. And so on. So uh, I don't know why. I, for some reason, I envisioned this guy wearing like basket shoes or something. And when he walked, he clanked around. Don't ask me, it's some weird Mad Max thing, I guess. So I named him Clanker, which somebody abruptly told me, oh, so it's one of the, the uh, droids from uh, Clone Wars. And I'm like, what? Oh yeah, you're right. Well, too bad, I already had the name on there. Um, <laughs> appearance, I just put some stuff on there. I said, you know what? He's played around with too many things. He jury rigged the wrong thing one time. His face is burned. He's dirty because he's got motor oil and grease or whatever the hell he's working on all over him. He's a little short, fat guy. He waddles around. That's why he builds stuff to work for him. Um, he wears a train conductor hat, because why not? And he wears a red flannel shirt, because I figured, you know what? Hey, dear, I'm from Minnesota. We wear red flannel up there. Uh, maybe some jeans and some, you know, I don't know. He's got his uh, frying, uh, deep fryer basket shoes. Whatever. So, like I said, we're just having some fun with that. And now, the attributes. Strength is both your strength and your hit points. Okay. Well, I, I made him a larger guy. Sure. So I figured, you know, he should be a little strong. Um, he's dense. He's dense. Yeah, he's dense. There you go. He's not agile, because like I said, he waddles. Um, but wits, he's intelligent, because uh, that's what wits really is. And now uh, empathetic, well, you he's know what? Right. He, he's, got a, he's a little bit of a salesman. He's average. So you get 14 points to spread around the four attributes. Really, there's only two ways to make a character. Four, three, uh, uh, was it uh, five, four, three, three? Did I do that math right? And five, four, uh, five, three, five, four three, two, or something like that. Uh, no, it's whatever. There's really just two ways to do it. Uh, what did I do? Five, uh, five, four, three, two. Yeah, five, four, three, two, and five, three, three, three are the main ways that you see people make their characters. One, one, uh, one. Can't do a one. Oh. Stats must be between two and four, except oh. for your primary stat which is uh, between two and five. You can actually put a five in that one. At first I was like, well, why can't you have a one? And then I did combat. 
That's oh. why you can't have a one. You don't <laughs> want to be broken because okay, let's let's say a lot. You don't know the game, so you're like, well, I'll just make my empathy a one. Who cares? I don't need those skills. Well, empathy is is uh, defeated. It's it's doubt. It's sorrow. It's self pity. There's actually a skill in this game that's meant to confuse you. Well, actually, confusing would be wits, but it's meant to attack empathy. If you only had one die in that, one point in that, uh, this applied one point of doubt. You're now sitting on the ground crying on yourself. You can't act. If any one of these, you see these little dots on there? If any, all those dots get filled in, if any one of those attributes comes down to zero, you are broken. That means you cannot act other than to basically cry on yourself, depending on what type, you know, which one it is. All right, cool. So if you get down to zero, it's a coup de grace. It's that simple. So that's why I think they went with the two to four. Fair Speculation. Enough. All right, moving on. Uh, where are we on? What's our next one? There we go. So where's skills? Now you get 10 points in skills. Uh, the mutant gen lab alpha folks will notice that there's actually going to be a little different. Uh, they get a little bit more options than the humans do, but the options, I'm just doing uh, mutant year zero. Okay. So you get 10 points and you can have between zero points and three in any skill, but you must have one point in your specialty skill. What was their specialty skill again? Jury. It was jury rig. So let me get to my notes here. So I'm, uh, yeah, must put one point in your specialty skill. Uh, each role has three starting talents you get to choose from. And from there you pick one of them. I picked Tinkerer. So what is Tinkerer? Well, Tinkerer allows me to fix things with a two dice bonus. I can't create things with a bonus. I forget what the third one is, but I can fix your stuff. Your, your armor went from a four down to a one. Well, at least it still exists. Hold on. Let me roll. I can fix it back for you. Now it's back up to a four. Good on you. That's, that's my job. And I get two extra dice to do that. Nice. Uh, and you can purchase the other two talents later with experience as well as, and there are generic talents as well. I'm not going to get into that. Now, moving on, mutations. Mutations, you have one mutation. There's a way to get two, but we're not going to talk about that. You start with a mutation. You pick the card, you read the card, that's your mutation. Or if you don't have the cards like me, you roll the dice. There's a or, chart. or if you lost them in a flood like Raven's Lair, then that's bad. Yes, there, there you go. Old Gamma. Um, the original game, Raven's Lair, the original mutant, 1984, that I talked about at the beginning was based on Gamma World. So there you go. Those cards may have worked. Um, so something's to know about the mutation. The GM can't mess with you on this one. It's always successful. As long as you can spend the mutation points to activate it, it works. So if you've got fire breathing, you can breathe fire. You spend three mutation points to do that, that's a pretty tough fire. But then you have to roll three base dice, which we'll talk about later, to see if you have a misfire. Now the use still works, Misfire doesn't mean you didn't burn the guy, but it means you might have also blown up your face, too. Uh, yeah, half your face is already burned anyway, so who, who cares? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I don't have pyrokinesis. I have pathokinesis, which I think I spelled wrong on here again. Um, so uh, pathokinesis affects the emotional state of others. Remember when I said before having a low oh, wit? Oh, yeah. Or, or a low, uh, empathy. A low uh, empathy. Uh, empathy. Yeah. Well, this guy, if you only had a one empathy, he spends one point and you're done. Now he at least has to spend two, which is what you start each session with, two points. So if you look at, if you look at the full character sheet, you see it can go up to 10. Well, that's if you didn't spend any points last session. Uh, you only get two points every session. Two mutation points. 
Yeah, two mutation points. Thank you. Okay. Uh, exactly. Per session. And uh, if you save him up, cool. Then he could spend five points, and it doesn't matter who it is. He just made somebody turn into a ball of jello. You know, just, I don't like my life. And then he shoots him in the back of the head. I don't like your power. Tough. What? You can also heal doubt on somebody. Yes, you can nice. heal all. You can heal all the attributes. Um, so, uh, is that on here? I thought that was going to be on the next slide. No, it's on this one. Oh, is it? Okay. So I can barely read that. Yes, yes, yes. So strength, which is also your hit points, you heal through food, and the healing skill or the healing skill. Sure. Agility, you heal through water. Um, the new rules, which aren't in the aren't in the mutant year zero book, but they're in the Gen Lab Alpha book, and they said this supersedes the old ones. Also requires four hours of sleep or rest with, with the food. So you can't just down, you know, five, five Snicker bars and you're like, oh, I'm back, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, wits is, uh, is by sleep. So you need, uh, you need a, like a full night's rest. And the last one, empathy, is recovered by spending time with others, by basically just realizing you're a human again. It's okay, buddy. You're not that bad. Little, <laughs> little campfire sing-along, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, you you brought up something that I forgot I wanted to mention as well, but uh, all right. Well, anyway, a lot of people are going to raise their strength and agility for typical fights. Notice that this pathokinesis targets the empathy. So just keep that in mind. And yes, there are things that will target wits as well. Stun weapons tend to target agility, where bullets and real damaging weapons tend to target strength. Okay. All right, let's go on to the next one. So... Lastly, and I didn't do a lot here because it matters what players you have in the game. You, do, you determine your relationships. So this one gives room for four relationships. Uh, my game's going to be a little bigger, so they'll have five, six, whatever, um, with the other players. And you've just put little blurbs in there, and they give examples in the books like, hey, this guy's awesome. I, I should, this person's a jerk, blah, blah, whatever. And as long as you role play that, it doesn't mean you role play you like them or you hate them. Uh, maybe you say... Uh, I like heathen dog because he takes me into the zone and helps me get good stuff. Well, if heathen dog tapes you, takes you out into the zone, helps you get good stuff, you get an experience point because it matched what you had for your character. If you say heathen dog's a jerk and he steals all my stuff and heathen dog doesn't steal your stuff, then you don't get an experience point. <laughs> so, <clears throat> right. But you're never, and I'm telling this to my players now, you are never going to get all experience points for all players every session. You're just not going to, so don't try to force it, please. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's what they're there for. And you can change them at any time. So if like, you know what? Heathen Dog's never stolen anything from me. Maybe I trust him now. You can just change it out. I think I trust Heathen Dog. He's not stealing my stuff. And if you can find a way to integrate that into the game, you get That's when I start stealing your stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but what I did put on here is I did put I hate, because hate is an NPC. Then I pick the boss, Clyde. Takes stuff without payment. So anytime Clyde comes, or anytime you mess with Clyde, somehow, some way, mess with him and successfully mess with him, you get an experience point. Hmm. Anytime, so somebody you need to protect. I actually picked another gearhead. Normally you pick somebody who's a different role than you. I picked another gearhead. Why not? Aren't we the technological people of the of the arc let's build this technology up let's turn this into flashing lights and and switches and 1970s buck rogers let's do it now so uh the gearhead i think his name is diesel i can't read it 
yep. uh, together we make the arc better. So anytime you do something with diesel that does make the arc better, you get an experience point. And lastly, what's your big dream? Well, to live in Eden with all of myth with all of its mythical artifacts. Again, this can change after an adventure if you feel that you're not meeting that anymore. Or Maybe you, you, got so you much... finally learn that Eden doesn't exist and it was a dream that, right. that your mother helped you go to sleep at night with. Yep. yep. All the game asks is that you play a character. Like even when you're rolling dice to attack, like don't just say you're attacking. Tell us how you're attacking. The dice will tell you the result, but tell us how you're doing it. Let's put some energy into it. Have some fun. So the same thing uh, with these. Now, big dream. Uh, I already said you get yeah. experience points for role-playing that. Uh, uh, you can change it, like you said, the Eden thing. So as long as he's trying to do something towards Eden, he would get you know, an experience point. Uh, so the arc. I, it's not much I can say about this here other than the players and the Game Master work together. Now, the Game Master may say, hey, the arc is a skyscraper. The arc is a ship that's at port. The arc is a crashed uh, airliner. The arc is a is a ridiculous, uh, you know, is a ridiculously sized uh, APC or something. Who knows? I mean, it's got to be able to hold a couple hundred people, so that might not be a good idea. But you get the idea. It can be anything. But the players and the GM work together to determine the arc. The, Let the, the players have some involvement. The the only constant is that every arc is initially free of rot. Yes, it's in, in what they call an oasis area, uh, which is free of rot. Correct. Okay. It's like they're one little safe haven. Uh, and then within that, you create your den. So once you know what your arc is, it could be the uh, the prison from The Walking Dead. Well, which cell is yours? You, you know, things like that. Uh, it's a, you know, if the GM has something in mind, it's like, no, it will be a prison. Well, then it's a prison. Get over it. But now work with the players to, you know, figure out how that's going to work out. So, uh, yeah, that's the den. So moving on. So this is what the final character sheet looks like. Oh, you want me to, want me to full screen this so yep. everyone can see it? Uh, if you want to. If you notice where I had, to, I forgot to add the scrap pistol in there. So I had to quickly type that in at the last minute. <laughs> like, uh, but you can make this character. If you know 14 points, talent, uh, 10 skill points, you can make this character in two minutes. Like I said, you just have to figure out how you interact with the other characters and boom, you're done. I can make 20 of these characters in the time it took him to build a base. <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. All right. Am I muted yet? No, Hello? no, you're not. Hello? But I, I have a question. Uh, how many sure. rot points and experience points? Well, why are why is experience points? Uh, uh, was that ten bubbles? Yep. So for every five bubbles of experience, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Every five bubbles, uh, you can either raise a skill point, get a new talent. I don't think you can do anything with attributes. I'd have to look again. But uh, you can you can improve your character. Okay. Um, if I remember correctly, the max skill rating is five because the five dice, which you'll see in a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and talents, you can either pick another talent from your role, or you can pick uh, a, a, what's called a general talent, which can help you in, maybe in a firefight or do something else. I haven't read too many of those yet, okay. uh, just because they're not needed. Rot points, we're going to talk about rot, but but uh, is that on the next slide? Or is... No, it's two slides from now. So That's fine. We'll talk about it. We're going to talk about rot points, because I have a whole whole thing on rot. Uh, so, so I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, anything else about the character sheet you want to ask? Uh, no, everything else is pretty self-explanatory. I mean, uh, there's mutation points, but I imagine, you know, that, that un unlike experience points, uh, mut mutation points, having a max and rot, having a max, I get, but experience mm -hmm. points, having a maximum, I didn't get but like, okay, they're spent. All right. Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once you get past five, you spend them down to, to whatever you had anyway. And you can only bank you... up to 10. Everything else that is just loss. Um, y yes, uh, hold on. Um, 
There's one of them is is you can go past. I think it's rot points. You can actually go past ten. But if you're past ten rot points, I don't know wow. what to tell you. Wow. All right. So, so, and when we talk about rot, you'll see. Okay. That's how important it is. It has its own slide. Okay. Uh, gear, real quickly. Gear comes in sizes. I'm not going to go into the whole specifics of it, but I didn't deal with gear in this. I didn't spend my bullets to buy gear. I just wanted to show a real down and dirty as we move into the next uh, slide. So let let's compare real quickly Mutant Year Zero to Mutant Gen Lab Alpha to Mutant Mechatron Seven. In Mutant Year Zero, you have Strength, Agility, Wits, Empathy, pretty much the same in Gen Lab Alpha. Strength, Agility, Wits, Dominate. Dominate cannot be used to replace empathy. Empathy cannot be used to replace dominate. There's a reason why it's there. Uh, empathy is for humans. Dominate is, just think of you're an alpha male. You are half animal. Remember this. You're not just a human with fur. You are part animal. I expect the dogs to, well, not to be sniffing butts. That would just be weird. But I, I expect the dogs to be loyal. I expect the cats to chase laser pointers. I you know, expect the raccoons to dig. You know, not everything. You are humanoid traded also, but you, but you get the idea. But with that, you have dominate. You have an alpha male or alpha female. The dogs, for example, have an alpha female uh, cocker spaniel. Is she? Well, I don't know what she is. Um, but uh, and nobody messes with her. And there's a reason for that. Her dominates like eight thousand or some crap. Who knows? Um, you will not win. She will growl at you, and you'll be like, yes, sir. There's so many pictures in the Gen Lab Alpha book of Dominates, too, where you just see somebody like, sorry. Um, but just remember, they're animalistic. That's why it's there. Okay. Well, and then now with Mutant Mechatron, you have Servo, Stability, Processor, and Network. They serve the same function. Servos are your hit points and strength. Mm -hmm. Stability is your agility, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And uh, obviously, network isn't going to have anything to do with humans. You can't. You, sorry, uh, you know, Heathen Dog tried to sneak this in the game, but he was wrong. I want implants. Uh, you you, no, no Johnny Mnemonic. Ah, <laughs> so, Shadowrun type so, stuff then. Yeah, yeah a, wrong, wrong system, sorry. Head jack, damn it. May, hey, maybe after they find Eden. There's no Eden. <laughs> okay. Uh, Just like in so Portal, th there's no cake. There's no cake. <laughs> There's no, that's right. Uh, beat it with one second. Actually, yep. you beat on zero, zero, zero seconds. Get. And I didn't get kicked. <laughs> talents. Well, humans and mutants have, or sorry, mutant humans and mutant animals have talents. Yeah. But it's based on the role. And if you're not of that role, you cannot pick that talent. One of the things I wanted to say about skills a moment ago, and I forgot, is that that specialty skill can only be learned by that role. You can teach or learn a skill of any of the basic skills, but the specialty skill can only be learned by your role. Don't try to teach an enforcer, if you're a gearhead, how to jury rig. It's no. Um, but now with the mutant, uh, the Mechatron, it's secondary functions. But it's the same thing. It's the same dice rolls. It's treated the same way. It's the same game concept. Okay. Mutations and mutation points for humans. Animal powers and feral points for animals work the same way. Mm -hmm. Although I don't think animal powers have uh, mishaps. Uh, and then for the mutant Mechatron, you have modules and energy points. It requires energy, uses modules. And if I read it correctly, they get to swap out the modules, unlike the other people. Cool. <laughs> I don't like this one. I want this other one. I have to read that more. Now, we were talking about Dominate a moment ago. Well, humans don't have any of that. That's why you see the dashed lines there. Sure. Well, rank adds to your Dominate for, for the animals, where you fit in the pack. And it matters when you start to try to dominate people. Same thing for hierarchy for uh, Mechatron. If somebody's got a higher hierarchy than you, you're supposed to listen to them like a good little computer. You're not listening to them. You need to go in for processing, troubleshooting. Nope. Lastly, there are eight roles for Mutant Year Zero. 
to pick from. We pick Gearhead, but there's Enforcer, Dog Handler, um, I, I forget what they all are. Um, but pretty much any normal function that you would need uh, is there. Uh, Scavenger is a really important one for uh, Mutant Year Zero. Oh, yeah. There are only five roles for Mutant Gen Lab Alpha. A little disconcerting, especially since I don't like one of the roles, but there are only five there. However, after you beat, beat, after you finish the Gen Lab Alpha campaign and they can meet humans, you now have 13 roles you can bounce between the two. Humans can learn the Gen Lab Alpha roles and Gen Lab Alpha animals can learn the human roles. So 13 roles, plus you can be a mutant human or animal. Robots are still stuck with eight roles. Sorry, but again, no Johnny Mnemonic. You can't program somebody. You know. Ah, crap. <laughs> what a horrible yeah. game. All right. What's next? Are we on the rot yet? Yes, yes we are. Rot. What is the rot? Is it nuclear biological chemical cam contamination? Is it an experiment gone wrong? Is it nature's revenge? Who the hell cares? It's bad. The rot is just bad. That's all you need to know. Rot is bad. <laughs> rot level determines rot point frequency. So if you're in a zone, rot level one, you roll once a day. If rot to level three, you roll once a minute. Uh, two is once an hour. Rot attacks. There are actually bombs and uh, special, like, uh, you know, venomous claws or whatever that can uh, do a rot attack on you. Not fun. That's mean. Yeah, it's like being bit by a zombie or, you know, mummy rot or something. Um, rot can kill. Every point of rot, every time you gain a point of rot, you have to roll. You roll your current rot level. And every one that pops up on the die, you're only rolling a six-sided die. Causes a point of damage. Damage means to your strength. Mm -hmm. um, crotch rot. Yes, it could be crotch rot. <laughs> Ouch. Now, gearheads can make rot suits. Hmm. Aren't you happy that we made a gearhead? Now, you can decontaminate rot. If you wash yourself in clean water, stress clean water. It was clean. Now it's not. Yeah. It <laughs> removes half the rot that you have on you. And then you, you minus one per day after that. So if you've got five rot on you, you lose three from the shower. It's going to take you two more days. Uh, so a total of three days to get rid of all the rot. But every time you're about to lose a point of rot, that means individually for those three showers. Like you don't roll once. Okay, I could. I'm good. No. Every point for that shower, you still have to roll. Really? Yep. Three you times for that one shower. Well, if you remove three. For every point of rot you remove, you have to roll. And if you roll a one, it becomes permanent. Suck. So let's just arbitrarily say you have two permanent points of rot. You just went out into the field and got three more points of rot. How many rot dice are you rolling, even though three are temporary and two are permanent? Let me guess. Five. Rolling. Five. So that basically always gives you extra dice to make more permanent rot. Yay. <laughs> you see why rot is bad? Yeah, yeah, rot's that bad. Got first it. one, that first permanent rot doubles your chances instantly of having more permanent rot later. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. And there's no way uh, to get rid of permanent rot. No way to get rid of permanent rot. In uh... fact, it even degrades, like it turns you into like, you get weird effects and so forth because of it as well, or potentially. Awesome. Now, I will tell the people that are going to play in the Mutant Gen Lab Alpha game that rot is not as prevalent. It is there. Don't think it is not there. It is there, but it's not as prevalent as in the Mutant Year Zero game. And this is why Heathen Dog was saying before, like, hey, good job, you're free. Now you could go walk through the rot. 
wrong. There's a way to get rid of rot. You die. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what rot does to you. Imagine if all of your your rot brought all of your attributes down to like one 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 one. Now, this is where I said the player has to be an adult. I don't mean that uh, age-wise. I mean that maturity-wise, because I know it's going to happen. You built your character. You got some rot. Your strength went from a five to a three. Your dexterity went from a four to a three. And now you're like, I don't want to play this damn character anymore. It's broken. Don't do that. Don't, especially don't do that in my game. Because I'll just say, don't join my group. Because this is what the game is about. Eke out that survival. Eke it out. Yes, you're eventually going to die. You're eventually going to be worthless. Eke it out. You can do it. Your skills, you can raise your skills still. You can get more talents. There are things you can do. You're going to lose base dice. But you can still have the skill dice and gear dice. Hell no, I'm swallowing a bullet. My, my last bullet. I either, either use it to, to buy medication or I kill myself. <laughs> All right, let's talking about dice. All right, let's talk about the dice. All right. Finally, finally, we can talk about some dice. Oh, hey, Heathen Dog, did you get the dice roller ready? I did. Or no? Okay, right. in case we need it. Mm-hmm. So base dice. Base dice are yellow. Base dice are based on your attributes. So if you have a strength of five, as you see on this slide... Five dice. You get five dice to roll. Sounds and fair. we'll talk about the symbols in a little bit. Now, you, then you have skill dice, which are green. Well, let's say your fighting skill is three. Well, now you get three dice to add on to that. And then lastly, you have a machete, which, is a, which would count as gear dice. And a machete starts off with a gear value of two. So you get two dice. Why did I put these numbers out here? Because this is what my wife used to crush me. <laughs> like, I don't know what she rolled. She didn't roll. She rolled more than three successes. But uh, this is what she used to crush me. So looking at what's on the screen right now, every six is a success. Well, hey, Max, where's the six? Well, the nuclear symbol is the six. Got it. So, uh, yeah, I guess you can't squiggle your mouse over it. But uh, the nuclear symbol, you have two biohazard and four, uh, yeah, radiation. So the radiation, well, it's three radiation dice. Um, the, The radiation dice, those are your successes. You only need one success to hit okay that's it you don't need seven successes or four successes or whatever you only need one so don't worry about it if you only have one die to roll you still have a one in six chance of having a success in this one again we have three successes so what does that mean well you got a basic success the machete also does two points of damage not because of the dice it's it's another stat but it does two points of damage so instantly by this one die i said this one die like you can see it but by one of those success die that's two points of damage. Right. Now you can do have what's called a stunt. In fact, you can have two stunts because the first success is your hit, and then the two extra successes count as extra whatever you want. In this game, they're called stunts. So, so it could be extra I will, damage or yep. or extra effect, like a, like yep, a special extra like damage. No, like you can knock, knock somebody down. Yeah, there it you is. knock somebody yeah. down. You can uh, steal their weapon. Well, I can't steal it. You knock it out of their hand. You you knock it out of their hand. I don't have the chart in front of me to tell what all the stunts are. Uh, but it gives you extra effect, like you said, based on your fight roll. So if somebody did that to this character that we're just looking at right here, I could knock that machete out of their hand, and now they don't get the two gear dice for the next round, of course. Sure. So uh, they just have to punch. It would still be eight dice, five and three, but it wouldn't be ten. You know. Um, so, but an extra damage, you can pick more than once. So I could go from two damage for the success to three damage because of one stunt to four damage for the second stunt. That means you have to have a strength of five or higher to not be broken. And what I didn't talk about earlier, strength has a very bad broken mechanic. 
because once you're broken, you also suffer a critical hit, critical injury automatically. You roll on the chart, and that's how, when I told you before that my moose had its spine severed, that's what, that's what came up. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, spine severed, you're done. It actually has on the chart in a couple of locations, make a new character. No, don't, don't ask, don't whine, don't cry. Make a new character. Yet awesome. the roll, it's, it's only a couple of rolls, and it's a, it's a D66 chart. So, yeah. Uh, anywho. Oh, now, uh, let's... Raven's Lair has a question on the, on the biohazard symbol. Yep. There's two of them. Well, I was going to get into that with the oh, pushing your roll. Good. So you would never push this roll. And Heathen Dog and I talked about it yesterday with some example die rolls. You would never push this roll. And the reason is, I mean, unless, uh, unless for some reason you just had to have five points of damage in one punch, because remember, we did four, mm -hmm. you would never push this roll. But if you wanted to push the roll, you would re-roll every die that doesn't have a symbol on it. Now, I'm going to confuse you for a moment for people who don't have the dice with symbols. You're just using standard D6s. For the base die, you would re-roll twos, threes, fours, and fives. For the skill dice, you would re-roll re one through fives. And for the gear dice, you'd go back to re-rolling the twos through fives. You re-roll them again, and any more successes that pop up, you get. But now let's talk about these biohazard symbols. On the initial roll, mean nothing. Just means you rolled a one. Who cares? Just like these two greens are a one. Just on the base die, they have a symbol. Sure. No harm, no foul, just not a success. But when you push your die, they now come back to haunt you, including what you initially rolled. Because remember, you don't re-roll these and any you roll additionally on top of that. So let's just say that this, that this die roll stays the same that we see here for simplicity's sake. You would take, so we're fighting. That means it's a strength ability. Mm -hmm. You would take two points of strength damage immediately. Even though you pushed your die, may have gotten extra success or two, but now starting next round, your strength is down to a three. You, you pushed too hard and you, you, you pulled a tendon or whatever. Yep. And now you're only rolling three strength dice. You still get your three fight and your two machete, but... Oh, no. Uh, yeah, because there's no... There's no uh, do, you want, do you want to bring up the roller to show a, a, sure. a, a couple rolls? Okay. While you're doing that, I'm going to talk about modifications. The GM can add modifications depending on how hard something is from minus three to plus three. That's dice now, and it's always to your skill dice. It's never to your base or your gear. Um, your negative skill... We'll talk about negative skill. Oh, so, what's up? Well, what's I up? got one success. No, no radiation symbols. I mean, no, no. Uh, uh, I got one radiation. So one success and no biohazard symbols. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to push this. I pushed it. Yes. I got two successes. Good. Two biohazard and one explosion. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what that means is you got an extra success. So I maybe two extra successes, two. Oh, two, two extra successes? Okay, yes. so total, of I can't see it, it's too small. So it's a total of three successes? Yep. Three radiation symbols? Great. So you got three successes, that's awesome. So now you did, if we're using my character here, four damage. You, you're doing four points of damage. Sure. Okay, uh, four points of damage, but let's start with the top, the yellow. How many yellow uh, biohazard symbols do you have? Two. You took two points of strength damage. So you're now gonna be down to three strength. 
What did you get for your uh, gear damage? I got one one explosion. Oh, one explosion means your gear rating dropped by one die. So instead of five three two, you're going to be three three one. Three three one next round. One, one success again. No no symbols. No nothing. Just one radiation symbol. I'm going to push it. Why? <laughs> because <laughs> now I got three successes and no bad things happened. There you go. There you go. Now. This this die roller I noticed likes to roll high and low, likes to roll ones and sixes. So remember, it's a, it's a very dramatic program. <laughs> yeah, the biohazard symbol and the explosion symbol. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna put the link. Only matter when you're pushing. What's I'm gonna it? I'm gonna put the link in the in the comments. Uh, didn't I put it on here? Nope. Yeah, it's on the slide. I'm gonna put the link in the comments so people can link. Oh, it. there. Okay. <clears throat> that didn't work. Why can't? I'll try it over here. So, Heathen Dog, when you're done with that, I'd like you to roll again. There you go. I see it. I'd like you to roll again. Rolling again. All right. I'm rolling again. Boom. Oh, one success and one biohazard symbol. Oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. So, how many non-skill successes did you get? How many base? base, No no base successes. Okay. I have have one skill success. Okay. And no. And that's uh, it? And that's it, yeah. Um, go ahead and re-roll. I, I, I would like you to have... I'm looking for something specific to make it easier to talk about. I don't want to waste okay. too much time. So I have just one, one base two. success and one uh, explosion. Okay. What I'm looking for is I'd like one skill success and one either base or gear success. Just to, uh, There's a reason for this. And what we're going to talk it. about... Got it. Ba- ba- one base, one skill. Okay. So what we're going to talk about are negative skills. Okay. Let's say... You have a skill we're not, uh, of, uh, well, you put three there, and you're not supposed to go higher than negative three. But let's say you rolled less dice. Okay. And what ended up happening was is you have a skill of one in something, but the GM says, well, this is negative three to hit. So that totals out to negative two. You roll those negative, you roll, you still roll those two dice. Wait, I can go negative on the dice roller? Yes. And there's only one way to do it. That skill, because because the skill requires still requires successes to succeed. Sure. Now your successes count as failures because you don't you're not good. You, there's too much against you. You only have a skill rating of one, and you need a skill rating of three oh, to do this. Oh, I get it. So if if uh, if you have a net negative dice, you still roll your regular dice, but your successes nope. are now considered. You roll you roll the net negative number. Okay. So oh, if okay, you have a okay. skill of skill of one, and I give a minus three. That gives a minus two, right? So, so you'd roll, roll two. two green dice. Yep. And every success and failure would be a failure or just successes? No, there's no such thing as failure. Well, the, oh, okay. every yeah. success takes away a, a success. So since you had one base success and one skill success, you say, well, I got, I got two successes. No, you right. have zero. You have zero successes. You failed. Okay. So that, that's how that works. I'm so not going to go to push. More. I need to push together success. There you go. Push and it, I did it. Push it. I did it. I got What'd a gear do? success. Okay, so you have one total I, success. I have one total success. I'm a winner. I'm gonna. I'm a, I own this game. What are you talking about? Do you have any damage or anything? Because I can't see it. Yeah, I, I already I already took two damage from last time when I pushed and it got bad. Oh, uh, so you added that in? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So did. yeah, but you didn't take any more damage. No. Right. Good. There you go. Yes, you got your success. You pushed an appropriate way. Also, when you push, um, you when you push and you ro- and you take damage, you get mutation points. Now, that doesn't give you a mutation. It gives you points to use your mutations. Oh, okay. So on top of the two you get at the beginning of every session, mm-hmm. when, when you take damage from pushing, you get more. Yep. 
Oh, Only okay. from pushing. Yep. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, there's a little bonus for you. <laughs> um, and you can break yourself from pushing dice. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't die from it unless somebody coup, coup de grace you. All right. Okay, that's a lot of heavy information that that I put out there. And I know this has gone on way long. Heathen Dog warned me about that beforehand. But hopefully the information has been interesting for you. Excuse me for the cough. Hold on. Apparently my voice is telling me I should not be talking anymore. Well, we should get into final thoughts then. Yes, we should. Wow, that was convenient. So what do I love about this? I love the fight for survival. I love it. I wish I could have told you more, but it would have just gone on too long. And I don't have two episodes like Heathen Dog, so... That's why this is kind of long. Um, fight for survival. The entire game is out to get you. Do you see that now? Pushing's yeah. out to get you. Rod is out to get you. Creatures are trying to punch you in the face. Like, um, I love the in-character and out-of-character components to the game. Now, we'll find out how I really love it once I start running it. Because you have to remember, I haven't played the game. That's why you don't see a hate on here. It's not fair for me to say I don't like something or hate something if I haven't actually played it. But I've, I've run some test uh, you know, scenarios with my wife. I've also read a lot of it and so forth. So, I mean, I have a good grasp. I've played enough role-playing games to have a good grasp. I, I love the dynamic. I love how the PCs have some control because they're so out of control in other parts of the game, but they have control in certain aspects of like how to build the arc, how to build the resistance, how to save the dome, uh, even in some of the character creation stuff. And the mission hooks. The, the book did a really good job of oh, you don't know what kind of missions to run? Here, let us give you a couple paragraphs, over like two or three pages. Here's a paragraph on, here's a type of mission, here's a type of mission, here's a type of mission. So whether you're a new GM or you're an old GM that might be running out of ideas, boom, they're there. I love that. And the intro campaigns for Mutant Gen Lab Alpha and Mutant Mechatron 7, I, and I haven't finished reading the Mechatron 7 one, so maybe I'll be disappointed, but I doubt it. Loved it. And when I finished reading the Mutant Year Zero one finally, I was like, what? That, that was my response. I, <laughs> wow. It was awesome. And this is why I'm telling you, players, whether you're in my game or another game, don't read those stories. Play them out. They're meant for you to play them out, and you will play them out. They are worth the playthroughs. If you go to the back of the book, you're going to be... You're going to be disappointed when you play it because you kind of already know what's possibly coming. There's some multiple outcomes, but you really know what's coming. And that's why I really wish, and I'm going to go start with the second one, I really wish they would have split the player and GM port sections of the book into two separate books. I get logistically and so forth, they're a small company, whatever. I, I get it. I just wish it could have been done. Like what I gave my Mutant Gen Lab player, uh, Alpha players, is I just gave them, <clears throat> I didn't really give them, I gave them access to a PDF, but I resaved the PDF without all the GM stuff in there. Oh, good. Because I want them to to experience the game and know how to play the game. But, man, I want them to be surprised. I want them to want to be surprised. If you're the type of player that reads the end, haha, I know it's going to happen, you've not just ruined your experience in the game, but you've ruined everybody else's experience in the game. Hmm. I, I mean that, seriously. Kind of eh about the fact there are only five roles in Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, and I think the seer is silly. You know why? It t- why? You know why, there's only, you, you know why it gets less roles than everybody else? Why? Because mutant animals are stupid. Okay, well, mutant animals, that, that's what my group picked. They picked mutant animals. Um, I like mutant animals, but hey, Heathen Dog says they're stupid, so what do you say about that? Um, so they're, uh, uh, the seer, it kind of ties, like if I want to give, somebody plays a seer in my game, which I'm sure somebody will, I'm not going to say no. I mean, there's only five roles, come on. But if they play that, 
I feel hamstrung because I have to kind of give them what they want. They can see the future. Like, hmm, Mystic Legion's going to die today. Wait, wait. It's not a possible future? It's like definitely it a is. It is a possible future. But okay. to he gets experience points if it comes true. You see the dilemma? Yeah. If if I don't let it come true, he doesn't get experience points, and he not necessarily falls behind. He has other ways of getting experience points. But and it, but that yeah that I mean if it does come true, then I give him experience point, and yay you know then I kill Mystic Legion. You know that's like you you see the dilemma. Now I I think my players are good enough to not do stuff like that, but you get the idea. I always yeah. think worst case scenario. And lastly. I actually sent a message to the company like, why the heck are your dice never on sale? I tried Amazon. I tried random German sites. Mystic Legion and I spent hours trying to find these dice for this game, and they're all out of print everywhere you go. Nice. Now, they did say that in March. It's, it's, they said the problem's on the distributor, but they'll have them again in March. Well, yay, March. So that means I have to play a D6s. <laughs> I'm not actually mad. It's just frustrating. Yeah, I can't find the dice for the game. Just put little stickers. <clears throat> And yeah, right on the that. stickers, made a little radiation symbol, biohazard symbol, a little, little I, I, boom, boom, explosion. But that'll wake the dice, and then they won't roll the same. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I will. So anyway, no, I mean, I'm good enough with reading the D6 dice to know what's going on. I, I have my dice. I have a couple of sets separated out. They're not, you know, uh, green, yellow, black, but they're close enough Good. So until we get dice. So anyway, okay, that is it. Long, guys, I know. I know it's long. I know it's uh, kind of weighty. Hopefully not as weighty as the champions. <laughs> I got to shut up before he meets me again. Um, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I, like I said, I had to get everything out in one episode. If you have any questions about Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, please let me know. Uh, or Mutant Year Zero, and, uh, all, any of them, as I am loving this. So what did you think of Celestial Wisdom? Because it comes from on high. Hmm. Uh, what do you think of Mutant Year Zero, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, Mutant Mechatron? And hey, what did you like for future, future Celestial Wisdom segments where... I tend to lean towards the RPG games when I come on here, uh, but uh, you know I also do video games, so let me know. I could put stickers on six faces. I could do that, yeah, uh, or use the die roller. Yeah, there's also an Android version. There's an iHippie version coming out at some point in the future too. So, oh, I, good. they're different, you know, methodologies. I tend not to like computer programs for rolling dice because you know it's not truly random. It's based on seeds and so forth. But right. hey, whatever. Um, <clears throat> Plus, right. once you once you see the dice a few times, you're good. So, okay. all right, thank you. So, so if you any of these questions, if you want to answer them, or if you want to ask a question, go ahead and throw it in Discord or Twitter. The links are below. And of course, if you want to see uh, Max Liao on his YouTube stream and yell at him there, he loves that. He loves it. Uh, it's Mondays at uh, twelve to two p.m. Central Time, at the link shown below. And it's not for kids. Don't don't bring your kids. <laughs> We even comment. when I play a video game, it's not for kids. Not so for my kids. last stream, my last stream didn't even have a disclaimer because I thought I was just playing a video game. Then Heathen got, Dog came on and I had to put the disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bug up my butt about something. But anyway, yeah, th there you go. Yeah, no, no family friendly. That's right. Not, not on, not on the Angry Slow Show. Hey, Ravenslayer, just so you know, the name of my world, because you're our newest Patreon supporter, the name of my world that I'm playing through on Mondays is Ravenslayer 38. And it's I'm playing true. it on hard mode. So you are trying to kill me, sir. No doubt. <laughs> All right. This is the RNG, the random number generator, where the Legion of Myth weekly live stream hosts discuss anything and everything weirdish. RNG airs live usually every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central on Twitch TV slash Legion of Myth. Come and join us in discussions of all things nerd. 
And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, let us know. Now, Nerd! that's right, we can see what it has in store for us today. Well, for me, I already told you in the beginning, if you were there, talking about Star Trek Discovery Season 2. The first season was a dumpster fire. Is the second season also <laughs> going to be a dumpster fire? The, an- the quick answer is no. The long answer is yes. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. And I'll explain the whole thing why. Now, in, in season two, the big overarching story is what the hell are these uh, portals throughout the galaxy? These holes, these, these EM anomalies. What could be uh, throughout the galaxy? <laughs> what, what, uh, what are these things? Well, they, I, I looked at them, and you know what? They look familiar to me. They look really similar to something I've seen. Oh, yeah, Star Trek Online. I've seen that before. Yeah, that's so it. So they look familiar only to a very small niche of nerds. Oh, Reddit got a hold of this, too, so it's out there in the world now for okay, everyone fair. to see. Now, they also gave another hint. If, if, if this didn't, it, you have to, you have to play STO to understand where we are right here. But, uh, yeah, it gives another hint. It gives a, what is this red angel? This, this like floaty, thin, thin limbed, uh, kind of like, looks like stuff growing on his back, kind of like an angel and maybe a little halo or something, but it looks more like a ceremonial headdress, some kind of, but what is this thing? We got we got another picture from uh from the end of end of episode two. It, it gives it's way a, dark. What's what is that? I know. That? Yeah, it's it's a it's it's like a, a the, the the being has dark amorphous smoke clinging to it. That's why mm-hmm. that's why it's so dark. But it also has a blue light on its chest. It seems as you can see on the the, the top left hand part of mm-hmm. the screen. There's a little blue light. You can see. It seems to be coming from its chest, which is weird because I've seen that before too. Oh, yes, I've seen that before. Again, in Star Trek Online, the video game, these are Iconians. These are Iconians. Now, this pisses me off. This pisses me off. Two reasons. One, I think that episode two was the first well-written Star Trek episode Discovery has ever done. Mm -hmm. The problem is that someone else wrote it for Star Trek Online. So basically they stole it from real writers because the discovery writers are effing hacks. All of them. And hey, watch and, the language or I'll mute you. And and the thing is that Star Trek Online, they're able they're able to rape it like this because it's considered it. soft canon. Not not hard canon, like anything that appeared on TV or a movie is considered hard canon. So they they can they can just rip whatever they want from Star Trek Online change it however they like and shoehorn it into their crap show of crap show of a, of a series and ruin it, which is exactly what they're going to do. I have, I have, I have a, I have a guess on what they're going to do with the Iconians. They're going to make them good guys. They're, 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 they're going to make them beneficial beings. They're going to do that. They're going to do that. They're going to take away what, it, what a whole years and years of storyline that everyone writing for perfect world and cryptic have done sodomize it lobotomize it and put it on their dumpster fire of a show and ruin it for everybody so so why do you believe that because the writers on star trek they discovery asked permission. suck <laughs> they asked permission they asked permission <laughs> so i mean so is i mean is that honestly the only reason you believe that 
and, and I'm not, and I'm not it, arguing with you. I'm just it, curious. It's honestly the only reason I, I believe they're not going to do the Iconians properly is number one, if they did, the Iconians would be the bad guys. They'd be okay. super bad. And B, putting the Iconians in before T, but before Toss is is canonical is if if you took STO as canon is so retarded it's inconceivable. The okay. Iconians cannot exist before STO. The universe is not technologically advanced enough to put up a fight. They're not. Okay. okay. I mean, uh you remember the the uh, TNG oh. episode where uh there there was there was a race of beings who were abducting people and doing genetic experiments on them. Was that the and, one where Riker couldn't sleep? Yes, and and the okay. and the one where where someone's blood was replaced with polymer in the morning. Yeah. I people, barely yeah, remember people the were episode. dying left and right. Worf was abducted. Everything it was all bad. Yes, the one where Riker couldn't sleep. Uh okay. this was a servitor race of the Iconians. These were henchmen. Okay. And the TNG people had no defense initially. So Mar, Mar Hawkman said that the STO devs said that they talked with the Discovery. Yeah, yeah. And probably uh, tried to shoot them. <laughs> wow. I would. I mean, something I spent so much time on, so much time writing, so so much time developing. And and generally, you don't like the Iconians, but it was generally well-received by the audience. Having people with... With the with with the writing equivalent of syphilis, come and touch it. I would I would ugh, I would just f- f- fling as much feces at these discovery writers as I could in an attempt to make them run away. I vaguely remember, like I haven't played STO in years. Um, I vaguely remember the missions, and they just weren't interesting to me. I mean, I didn't have anything against them. To me, it's like it's kind of like the Borgs. Like, oh, look, another bad guy. Oh, now here's the new bad guy, even more powerful than that bad guy. Oh, look. Or actually, more like Rifts. If you ever play the uh, the tabletop yeah. game Rifts, oh, yeah, it's like every book comes out and just pretty much destroys all the books before it because the power creep is yeah. so bad. It's actually, this is actually worse than that. Think of the most powerful being in STO as of like three, four years ago. That's the Iconians. Now, yeah. now, Take that bad guy, put it back in time to season one STO. They would ruin the whole joint. They had like tier one ships was their best ship. It was all crazy. It would just, it would just destroy all life in the galaxy. You're doing it worse. You're taking this and going back to before the original series to discovery era technology. It's worth Compared to the Iconians discovery era, uh, Federation is like a, a three-year-old getting into a, an adult getting into a fight with a three-year-old it's not even well, yeah, really i mean ju- a fight. just the crazy technology difference yeah, between yeah. tng and tos so. i know right i mean it, it's not even a fight at this point so yeah. if there is any confrontation or 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 i don't want i, I don't even want, i don't even want to say confrontation if anyone from the discovery timeline from the discovery show actually meets an iconian and lives I call BS on the whole thing. Discovery just wrote themselves into a dumpster yet again, and I am fully willing to douse them in gasoline and light them on fire, hoping this time it dies. Here's to the death of Discovery in season two. Here it is. Cheers. I didn't like season one. Um, I mean, I didn't have the same same issues that you and Garthon necessarily did. Um, but that's also because I am not such a Star Trek fan like you guys are. Mm. I love the you know the original series, you know, grew up with it. You know, my mom loved it. I you know I loved it. Loved the movies, most of them. 
Um, but TNG, I started to fall away. And then pretty much the start, like, I know you guys love Deep Space Nine. I can't stand Deep Space Nine. I think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not as invested. My issue with Discovery was um, bad story all around. Don't care about the mirror universe. Like, why does everything have to be the mirror universe now? Spock's know. beard. I know it's a, actually a band. Go look it up. But uh, yeah, that episode was interesting. But not everything has to have, you know, mirror universe garbage in it. Um, I, and then just there's no way oh, oh, under wait, any no, circumstance in any legitimate. Just, just one second. Okay. In any legitimate universe that Michael Burnham would be an officer on a ship after what she was accused of doing. No, no, not accused, found guilty of. Well, yeah, found guilty, right, right. Never, oh, but it's story, and, and she proved herself. It doesn't matter. matter, they still, they would give you retirement papers and say, have a nice life at best. Yeah, at yeah, the best case scenario was she would change her dishonorable discharge to an honorable discharge. She would get her, her retirement rank and go off into the private sector and scuttle off and don't don't die. That, and may not even be able to get a clearance again to to work, no, you know, a contracting not. job definitely in the not. future. Definitely not. But <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, uh, the, in in the first season of Discovery, they had Mirror Universe, they had time travel, they had stupid, stupid spore drive. God damn it! I, mm. You know, they actually made fun of it. Pike made fun of it in the second episode. Yes, yes. Uh, he, said, he said like, like uh, something about a fly. We use mushroom. <laughs> what did he say well, that? Well, I, I yeah, laughed. Oh I no, I remember, laugh. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, God, what was it? It was. Uh, you, you 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 can say we can cover 152 uh parsecs or light years by, by by using mushrooms as fuel or something like that like i'm just going to take your word and just go yeah no, <laughs> I, that's like okay even they realize yes I right. so that's my rng that's my rng and and max doesn't really have an rng he just wants to talk I about don't. himself because he thinks he's the greatest thing ever because so i am let, the greatest so let's go on to that no it's because i've had a lot of conflicts uh, over the last uh a couple of months and so forth, like what I've been trying to do with the, with my part of the channel and so on and so forth. So let, let's talk about, let's just go right into Max Leon 2019. What's going on with Max? So first of all, I had about 15 months worth of work hell. Heathen Dog knows a lot about it. I told him not to do he it did. too. That's on record. I told him <laughs> yeah. not to do it. He did it anyway and it was True. all bad. Yep. You know, so those things you do to try to, you know, get some growth in life. Um, but now I just jinxed myself out. because I, because I had, yeah, well, we'll see. I still have the possibility of it working out for me, nope. but, uh, my work hell is over and I'm jinxing it. So what, what do I have going on? I have a, actually a lot of stuff. First of all, as most of you know, as heathen dog was definitely making fun of in the beginning, I'm kind of the producer of the shows and, and I do a lot of the social media stuff. Actually, heathen dog does a lot of the Twitter. So that's awesome. Mm. Um, but, uh, just, I do a lot of the stuff. There isn't a day goes by that I'm not doing something for Legion of myth. It's just, you know, the expectation of what I do. But I have the Angry Slow Show. Now, I was doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I know Azure One wanted to be on it. Sheris likes the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I can't keep up with that with, with the other stuff I can do. But I can do one day a week. That streams on YouTube, as you've seen from the advertisements before. So it's only one day per week. Uh, but it's going to be non-politically correct gameplay. And it's going to be or and or social commentary on anime, comics, games, and nerd topics. That's what ACGN means. So uh, I really thought that like last Monday was just going to be kind of a boring, not boring, but you know, just a game stream where where I play it in hard mode. Heathen Dog came on, had some commentary. It got to turn into what the real Angry Slow Show is supposed to be about. So I enjoyed that. Um, Earth on videos, yes, they are still coming. They are still coming. I promise you they're coming. In fact, I did the Warrior video like a month ago, but I didn't like. After the last time I was on this show, it messed up my camera. 
So I blame Heathen Dog. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, it's my fault. Yeah. You yeah, bought the wrong could... camera. It's not my fault. No, no, no. This camera's fine. This isn't oh. that camera. Oh, okay. Um, the other one's laying over on my desk over there. Um, for whatever reason, I just could not get it to work with my green screen right. There's all these halos and everything else. I don't know what the hell happened. Anyway, uh, I'm still going to have you watch the video, Heathen Dog, mm -hmm. just to determine like how I can fix it better in terms of commentary. But the Warrior video has been scripted and was done. I just didn't put it up there. After that, the Nethermancer's coming. After Fine. that, we'll see. I am still going to do them, and I'll try to get them out on a biweekly basis if I can. Tabletop RPG. I am going to try to record my Mutant Gen Lab Alpha uh, uh, role-playing sessions. It's only going to be audio recording to start, so it's going to be a podcast um, to start. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I'm also going to learn how to record uh, TTRPG without breaking my bank. Like, do I need a sound mixer? Where, where do I put cameras and so on and so forth? I have ideas, but I have to figure out how to do it in the location that we play. Uh, it's also a government location, so I have to be careful about what I bring in and what I do and right. so on and so forth. It's just for fairness, and full disclosure. Okay, got it. On, on the side... I am also working on a proof of concept for this step system. Heathen Dog's been made vaguely aware of this mm -hmm. uh, when, when I've talked to him about some stuff. The step system is what Earthdon uses for its mechanics. And I'm working on a proof of concept that takes the, the, the genre in a little different direction. Uh, it's not even in its infancy stage. It's like the, like the, the, the egg. It's a yeah, it's a, it's a zygote. There you go. Perfect. Yep. Um, so my proof of concept estimate is one January, but as the fact that I haven't worked on it a single time in the last month, I mean, there's a lot you need to do for a proof of concept. Yeah. Now, moving forward a little bit, we have International Tabletop Day coming up. I wanted to actually advertise it on this episode, but they don't have an official date yet. It's nope. probably going to be the 27th of April. But until they officially announce it, you don't know for sure. I'm going to be playing Among the Stars. So why is this important? Because we want you guys to send us pictures of what you're doing for Tabletop Day. We're going to show them on the stream. So what are you doing for Tabletop Day? Start planning that now, too. We think it's April 27th. Hey, should, should, let we, us... should we have, though, uh, our favorite be a winner of some kind? Yeah, why not? Absolutely. And we got to be careful with that favorite because, you know, people are going to ask, like, what are the criteria? We just want you to have um, fun playing your games. See, see, see through tops? Uh, depends on what it is. Oh, oh women, said, what? women. Sorry, women. Sorry. Sorry. Still, I, still it depends. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm okay. Huh? I'm okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, I'll probably be playing Among the Stars. I'm going to try to get a group of people to play that. Uh, but that's coming up as well, and I, I want to get some promotion going on for what Legion of Myth, oh. and that includes you guys, are doing for International Tabletop. Exactly right. And, and Baldahar, you, you can send those particular pictures to heathendog at yahoo.com. <laughs> those particular pictures depends, can... on, depends the adult type ah, yeah. oops I crapped my pants if you remember that uh, Saturday Night Live skip yes <clears throat> anyway so my number one goal and this is to kind of take it back full circle here of what I do for Legion of Myth is to promote the Legion of Myth weekly live stream this episode or this series that you're seeing now with Garthon and Heathen Dog um, we, we need to give the Guys, they got. I, I've watched some of the other comic book reviews. I've watched some of the other anime stuff out there. You cannot tell me this isn't one of the best out there. You cannot tell me it's not. Help us promote this. And that's also what I've got to do. I've got to help promote this. Legion of Team-Up episodes. They're starting to grow. For, that's awesome. But the, the, the rapport that Garthon and Heathen Dog have, I want to see that grow. And again, that's, that's with help from you guys. I want to see that grow. And lastly, Elgarian's gaming streams, he's doing well on his own. Yeah, he, yeah he, we don't need any help. He's, he's growing on his own. I mean, <laughs> But no, we want to see them grow actually, more. Actually, no, I want him to shrink a little bit. He, he, he's pissing no. me off. He's getting too big. No, there's no such thing. 
Ah. I just looked at the tax return for not tax return, but the tax implications for Legion of Myth. We need more money. So <laughs> <laughs> I need more money. Uh, so anyway, uh, now my so that was my number one Legion of Myth goal. My number one personal goal for the Legion of Myth community. I mean, I'd like to just be alive and eat food and get fat and happy. Mm. But is con are consistent streams, and that's why I said one day a week now. Videos and podcasts. Remember, the videos will be the Earth Done ones. The podcasts will be hopefully of the MGA game. Sure. Um, now, but a number two is to streamline our social media. You're gonna actually see us fade off of some social media moving forward probably, here. I'll just tell Facebook, you right. right. Facebook, yeah. We're, now we're not shutting it down because we have plans for it in the future of how to integrate it. But I'm probably gonna fade off of Facebook and start using the Yahoo, not Yahoo, uh, YouTube community more. But uh, anyway, I've got, I've still got to update T-shirts. How many weeks ago did I tell you that, uh, Heathen Dog? That, yeah, three weeks ago. And I still haven't touched them yet. Nope. All that stuff takes time, and that, and I'm the one that does that all in the background. So. If you're wondering why I'm not streaming enough, most of you probably don't care. That's that's why. Um, but we still plan on a lot of good things, and we want your ideas. We want your inputs. We, we're, we're doing this for us for fun. Absolutely. I'm open about that. Garthon's open about that. Heathen Dog's open about that. But at the same time, we have fun when you have fun. So what do you want other than Baldahar saying watching Max die more in games? Yeah, although that so. is fun. Oh, that is fun. All right, that that is Max the Offer 2019. I just wanted to give uh, you know, since I'm not here every week like those guys are, I just wanted to give you you know an update about me. I'm still oh. here. I'm I'm the best. I mean, I'm here. So here's to hoping. And honestly, guys, love love you guys watching and so forth. Please let us know more about what you want to see from us. Oh, okay. you didn't have to move back. You're good. I had to go back because okay. uh, you know had to go back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that that was a that was a good deal. I liked it. Did you have fun? Yeah, I'm sorry. My segment was so incredibly long, but hopefully the information wasn't boring. Yeah, it was pretty long. No, the information was not boring. Okay. Was not. And Max uh, already said what I wanted to see. Of course. Of course. That's right. Yes. And, uh, well, I want to thank everyone for coming by. We really appreciate it. Uh, as, as you can see on the screen going by, you can, you can talk to us later on Discord, Twitter. Uh, of course, watch us on YouTube and Twitch. That'd hey, one awesome of those too. gifts might be the Darkest Dungeon tabletop game. It better not be. I don't want to. I don't want to be involved in anything about Darkest Dungeon. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I don't want to be involved in a in a in a Fair. in any way. Fair. With that nonsense, I don't need it. Nobody needs it. It's a it's a crap hole. Game. I was doing that because because Baldahar said he'd like to see Heathen Dog freak out and cry more. That's great. That's great. Okay. Thanks a lot. Anyway, uh, again, thank you everyone for coming here. We really appreciate it. And uh, do you have any final thoughts? Um, Ravenslayer, when is this next Saturday afternoon or evening? The next one should Garthon should be back, so it yes. should be in the evening again. Should be in the evening. So the reason it's at this time is because I live in Germany, and it's already nine fourteen p.m. here in Germany. If they did it their real time, it's like two three in the morning, and yeah, I can't be here. So my final comments are honestly. Uh, I enjoy doing this. I'm glad I'm here. You know, one day maybe I'll be back in the States and I can do this at a real time. But you guys out there who watch this stuff, who put up with their shenanigans, you guys are awesome. Heathen Dog, Garthon, Elgarian are awesome. Uh, give them props. Help them out. Advertise for, well, not for them, but, you know, get their word out. They deserve it. Outstanding. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And good night.